I'm sure a lot of you out there, when you, when things go really well, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. The devil, the evil, the demons, they feed off anxiety. And the anxiety is something that's been, it's a lie, which has been instilled into you from previous trauma. I'm, I'm human too. You know, I have rough weeks. I have rough emotional weeks. I have rough mental weeks. And uh, this was one of them. The deals with depression and anxiety and who has been in abusive relationships, they can recognize these things. You can see that in somebody else. Iron sharpens iron, but man sharpens man. This is Men in Your Life, unapologetically human. Here are your hosts, Dan and Brady. Welcome to another episode of Men in Your Life, unapologetically human. I'm Dan. Uh, actually, no Brady today. This is kind of a um, impromptu episode, but uh, <clears throat> we're actually joined today by our good buddy Seth. And Seth actually requested to come on a little while ago. We just haven't been able to work it out. Today's finally a good day to do it. Um, try to get Brady to come on, but Brady's Brady's kind of like Brady's doing Brady things right now. He needed a little time off. He's kind of elbow deep in his uh, Ford Explorer, and he's ripping that thing apart and putting it back together. Good luck there, little buddy, because I don't envy you for that. So, um, but today we got Seth. Seth, how you doing, man? Hey, man. Uh, doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, I'm hoping that Brady is doing what him and Chris talked about last week about taking that time. And maybe that's what's helping him like kind of break down and like chill out and whatever. It's like, but I know for a fact that if I were doing that, it would be the absolute complete opposite. I am mechanically incom- incompetent. Like, oh my goodness. I would just, that's- I would. Oh, he, he, was showing me. <laughs> he was showing me photos and, and actually he, it look, he's doing a good job like he's cleaning everything up and you can definitely see the difference between uh like shiny new ford explorer and dusty old crabby broken down ford explorer and i had a uh the utmost privilege of riding in that beautiful uh dust wagon of his when i went down went to seattle for his uh or washington for his uh for his wedding and um it was nice it it was it's a it gets you from point a to point b and i'm not (laughs) hating i'm not hating on it as uh, long as it does the job it's working so that's all that matters dude he's had i don't know if you if you knew though but he's had some really bad luck with cars over the last like six eight months (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've I I've been there, man. Like when I was when I was up in New York, man, I got I got a 99 Ford Ranger uh from some dude in literally some dude off Craigslist. Um in uh in the town uh that was just outside the base and I got that truck. I walked up to it like he had it running and I was like, "Yep, this looks cool." Paid him 1500 bucks. Did she even look at it? Did you check it out? Did you do Bro, anything? Think, okay, so all right, I I wanna I wanna I wanna refresh your memory on something your wife called me out on, uh, and it just I felt so attacked. I felt so attacked. Um, that sounds about right. <laughs> she asked me the question one time, and I don't know if you remember this, but she asked me the question is like, Seth, are you a are you a fix it yourself type guy or call somebody guy? And a hundred percent, I'm a call somebody guy, but I've never felt so attacked in my life. Um, so. I was like, I was like, yeah, bro, this, this looks good. Um, and then I, I took, I took that thing literally, literally like on the way to the base, I ended up putting it in a ditch. Uh, it's like 30 oh, minutes what? later. 
Yeah, it was <laughs> okay. So he told me that. So I got a truck. I was upstate New York, man, southern Canada. I was like, I needed a truck that was, I needed a truck that could get me through the snow and get me from point A to point B. So I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Uh, but the guy told me, he was like, it's like, this is an older truck, right? So there's like a knob that you turn the four by four, but like you have to be neutral to engage it or whatever. And I was like, cool, right? So here I was going down the highway and I was like, oh shit, I'm not supposed to be doing uh, more than 45 miles an hour with my four by four, right? And I was like, okay, right here, let me just shift real quick into neutral going like 50 on the highway. <laughs> and so I shift to neutral, but unfortunately it stuck a little bit. So I pulled it. And so I skipped from neutral or from drive straight to reverse. Uh, <laughs> and the engine went, and then like just stopped. And I was like, and I was still going. I was like, okay. It's like, well, I need to stop. Cause that was, that was a mistake. Um, and so like, I was like, all right, cool. And so, uh, you know, tenderly apply the brakes. Right. And then like, just, slowly shift over i'm going probably like 15 once i hit that um hit that shoulder and then i went like i went boop boop bam right in the ditch like i like oh, a fish tail twice and then right in the ditch and i was like oh man <laughs> i ended up getting out of the ditch but then like as soon as i got it on base basically like the, the thing crapped out like the next day and then i was like all right fine had it towed had it towed, and then it was like, well, like your, it was like the alternator, or something, something, something small. No, it was a fuel pump. It was a fuel pump. Fuel pump went out, and then um, I was always having problems with it. And it, like, I had so many problems. I had like five problems within the first two weeks that I had it. So, been there, man. Been there. I get that. Um, that's why. That's why I got my. So, my so he didn't tell you that you're not supposed to drive down the highway in four wheel drive. No, no, no. So he told me, he told me that like, you're not supposed to go more than like 40 miles an hour or something. Yeah. No, and I was going like, go, you're I was, supposed to I go would... like 40 miles. Like you're not really supposed to, you, you're supposed to use four wheel drive in like a short, like uh span of time. Okay. And, but like in, in reality though, like New York is ridiculous <laughs> and anybody who's been there knows it's ridiculous for the first two weeks that I was there it was negative 20 degrees. And it was mm. like a blizzard, bro. I like it was ridiculous. So I mean, like, I, and I had never driven in the snow like that before, right? I was never driven for like four by four or anything like that. It was, it was crazy. So I didn't know. I had asked him, um, and I mean, I wasn't driving for like forty miles. I was literally just like he told me not to go like faster than like forty miles an hour, forty-five or something like that. Yeah. But like I said, I am not mechanically competent, so I don't. I didn't know, and so like it, <laughs> it was bad, man. It was bad like come to like a complete stop and then go to neutral and then put I learned it learned that yeah i learned <laughs> not, that not yeah. neutral to reverse to drive well so like it was no it was supposed to be it was from supposed <laughs> to be drive to neutral i've done that before in cars right like just throw it in to neutral rev the engine like yeah i'm cool right you know, whatever and then like throw it back and drive so i was like oh, i'm gonna do that but it had stuck so when i pulled it pulled it a little too hard and just skipped uh straight to reverse um, so that was, that was not good. That was not good. I told people that they're like, are you an idiot? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like, apparently I, I can know. just, this, I can just bad. picture somebody, I can just picture somebody like seeing you on the highway, like doing that all of a sudden, just driving, just stop and just start flying backwards. <laughs> well, it was really funny. So I, like I ended up, so I ended up having to call somebody. Right. But so our, I was, I got there right after everyone, like the whole unit just about shipped out to some training for like a month and a half. Um, and then, so there was only like, so basically what they call the army, uh, a whole bunch of people in the army called broke dicks uh, were left behind. And basically anybody on profile or anything like that, that couldn't actually go 
and train, right? For one reason or another, like it was impractical because they're not allowed to run, carry equipment, whatever. You know, if they got a medical reason for it, then that's, you know, they stay behind, they do rear detachment and stuff. So I called somebody, nobody could come and pick me up. So some, uh, one of the guys that I was there with, he ended up sending his wife, right? He had a big old, like, like super duty or something like that. Mm -hmm. So he's come, he come, she comes in rolling in and she's like, Hey, what's, you know, like, are you okay? How's it going? I was like, good. Right. And I was like, Hey, how do you want to do this for uh, pulling me out or whatever? And she's like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know how to pull anybody out. And I was like, I, called your <laughs> husband because I don't know how to do this. And I don't know how to get out of the ditch. Right. And so I'm sitting two of us, two cars, one in the ditch, one not. And I'm sitting on the side of the highway and I'm like, I don't know how to get my thing out there. And then lo and behold, the New York state trooper rolls up, you know, and I was like, Oh boy, here we go. And I'd been in the unit for like a week and a half. So I was like, this is going to suck. And so like, this guy's like, you good? And I was like, yeah, I was kind of stuck, you know? So he's like license and registration and all that. So I pull it all out. And then like my insurance card, like gets pulled out of my hand by a gust of wind and just goes across like a snowfield. We both just like, look at him, like, <laughs> and he's like, like, I'm going to trust you, you had insurance. And I was like, I did well, that. There, now I don't. There, there it goes right there. It's, yeah, um, it's gone. And then so he couldn't pu pull us out because, you know, liability reasons. And so he ended up just kind of like telling me, like, put this there, put that there, pull out. Right. So it was whatever. And he's like, could have given you a ticket, you know, and I was like, yeah, dude, because, you know, okay, the shame of this a, is not enough. Yeah, that's um, a dick move. You know, but he didn't. So it was it was all good. But it was. I'm not I'm a I'm I like having other people. I like having experts fix my problems and <laughs> instead of leaving it to me. I've had a series of times where I've tried to do it and it just it just it doesn't work out in my favor. I'm not. I'm not that there's, good at that. There's nothing wrong with calling somebody for help. I mean, there isn't. Even right, even if it's right. something like don't don't let my wife fool you. She says that she wants to fix stuff, but she's also very much like, call your father. We need this to get fixed. Call <laughs> your father. Call your father. I'm like, okay, well, I was like, that's that is not our handyman, but also I just don't have time to do anything anymore around the house. So yeah, yeah. I between that. work and the and the kid, I get like maybe like three hours when I get home to, you know, do whatever. It's not really do whatever, but it's like shower and then take the baby for a little bit. Let, you know, let her have some time for herself. And by the time we do all that and eat dinner, it's already like eight 30 and it's time to go yeah. to bed again. So, yeah, I get but, that. <clears throat> quick little shout out uh, to Brady and Chris for last episode. Appreciate you. Uh, Chris, appreciate you stepping in and filling in. I took a little time to just kind of do some stuff here um and kind of just re make sure i'd still remain present around the house and life can be a little hectic when you're working odd hours and um you have a four-month-old and your wife works full-time and she's working at home and um <clears throat> trying to you know catch up on podcast stuff and uh chris was gracious enough to step up and fill in and that was a great episode i, I messaged them immediately afterwards i thought they did you know i thought they did really well and uh they seem to always do they always seem to do really well together when they get onto an episode. Oh yeah, it was very, it was very, very solid, man. I, I actually ended up listening up to it twice. Once originally when it came out, and then actually I was telling Dan right before this I was listening to it because the first time I listened to it, there was a couple things in there that I wanted to, I wanted to pick up on a little bit based off of what they said, um, just a little bit. So first and foremost, because Dan, you weren't there. Uh, Chris posed a very good question. I actually, I actually really, really like that question. Uh, made me think a little bit. Uh, what do you do for your mental health? <clears throat> so that's all the time we have today. On this episode. <laughs> um, I, 
Not much, to be honest with you. Um, the I used to with the with the last job, I had time on the highway, like ninety driving down ninety five. I had time to to decompress and relax because you're in traffic for three and a half hours. So, you know, it's either cuss somebody out or <laughs> in traffic or you know decompress. So, I don't have that time home and uh, to to drive home anymore because it only takes me like five minutes to get to work and get home, which is nice. Um, which is great. Like I'm not really complaining about that. The only thing I do miss is the drive where I can just decompress. Um, you miss the time. Yeah, not I miss the, not the, time. the drive. You miss the time. No, no, I miss the time. I don't miss the drive. But um, lately, it's what's been good for me is actually just spending time with uh, Taylor and, and Madison and being able to now that Madison's getting a little bit older and she's starting to kind of like develop a little more like motor skill stuff and she's figuring things out. We can, no, I kinda... saw your wife's <clears throat> post, man. Oh, about the crawling. I, said, I told, yeah, I told Pamela <laughs> that and she was like, she was like, shut up. Are you serious yeah. right now? And I was like, I was like, look, she posted it, man. She, yeah, would look, know. she would yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's doing this like push off thing. So she's kind of, she's getting there. She's figuring it out. She doesn't hate being on her stomach as much as she did. Um, but you know, that's kind of been the thing now is you know, I'll go shower. I'll take the baby. We'll go up to her, to her room and do like tummy time and she'll roll around on her mat and she'll grab at my face. And you know, we, we're just, we just have fun. And, uh, the other day, oh, it's funny because the other day I was scrolling through TikTok and I found this guy, like this guy who does drums and stuff, and he always he does covers of songs, right? But all of his his drum sets are all like neon, so it's like neon green and blue, and he's got all these like flashy colors and everything. So I put the I found that Madison was watching it, so I put the phone down and was just scrolling through all of his videos. We did it for like an hour and a half, and she was mesmerized by this oh, like God, the music, the music and the in the colors, but. um that and um, I, I know this is going to sound weird because you, I know you don't like it, but uh, cutting grass is actually okay. Okay, okay. I was thinking about this. <laughs> I, I, I do. I heard you. I heard one of the one of your previous podcasts. A couple. Uh, it was a couple episodes ago. Okay, so I rephrased my opinion on it to a certain degree. Right. Because you have I'll, a badass lawnmower now. I mean, eh. It is a nice. It's nice. Mode. Don't get me wrong. It's nice, right? But I mean, it. I'm not gonna lie. It's a little small for for what I got. So I was thinking about this the other day, um, because. So and and you kind of you kind of hit it, hit it up on it when you were talking about coming home from when you you know when you were worked up and you actually had a you know like drive an hour and a half or whatever it was to to come down and so, and you're talking about that time, right? Uh, and I was thinking about this the other day because I actually ended up mowing the grass this friday um and it there is something to be said for it not necessarily the act of like the mowing and all that all that fun stuff you know <laughs> um but the time that you do like you know because because i mean look it's not that hard it's not that mentally challenging especially if you're just pushing a lawnmower or riding a lawnmower right like not really right so you have that time to kind of sit there and you kind of have your own you know your time to yourself because obviously nobody's talking to you while you're doing it because right or you listen to music and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that yeah um so you have that time to yourself and like just kind of being able to like the monotony for me, like for me, it's the monotony, you know, like you go back and making sure your lines are nice and even. Um, oh, you difficult. Care about that? Oh, I care about that, but oh, I mean, okay. I'm terrible at it because one, <laughs> I haven't mowed the grass in a very long time and then I'm start, still getting back into it. But two, 
Uh, I only have like patches of grass right now because my house is a new build and I have clay yeah. for dirt, so that's oh, fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it's getting better, but like it's very difficult. And then I got like it's very uneven because it was dirt for like a year. Now it's got, I've got like high points, low points, and it's just not not as easy. So my lines are my line work needs a lot better, um, a lot more practice, which I will get. But it's nice because like while you're focusing on that, it's just like that simple, you know, that simple effort to put forth where you can sit back and you can have that time to yourself listening to music kind of calming because listening to music is always what what kind of uh like mm -hmm. centers me a lot um so i mean i i've I, I can definitely change my opinion as to like the time and the effort put forth makes it worth it uh i don't necessarily like it uh because i mean i like having my like my lawn done i like having it look nice but i don't like necessarily like doing that <laughs> yeah i get you know, that i hate that I was I kind of dreaded it too when I, we had the push mower and then I got the the riding mower. I, I like it now. I mean, obviously, but like the other day, I was uh, mowing the grass and fucking lit up a cigar, and I was just I was driving around the yard just because I hadn't had a cigar I think since your wedding. So I was like, man, man, are you like, really... are you that guy in the neighborhood who drives a riding lawnmower with you know like a Bud Light? Light smoking a cigar in his undies, just are you that guy? Like, <laughs> no, I have clothes on, thank you. I don't need anybody to see that with a Coors Light. Yes, um, no, but that I just it was it was like really nice out, and I was like, man, I'm gonna because I'm gonna be outside for like five hours. I'm I'm gonna enjoy this because I'm gonna cut the yeah. grass, I'm gonna weed, I'm gonna do everything right. But uh, other than that, you know, and there's something to say like when that's why you like that's why you will find guys with their with their hobbies and stuff they don't necessarily do the hobbies or have their hobbies to ignore what's going on in their life they do it to help them recenter themselves in their life and that's the one thing that helps them like come back to and you know that's brady we talk about all the time when we do friday night xbox and stuff that's that's one thing for us that helps us kind of recenter and we had a long week and we're all talking and we're all gaming and we're drinking and we're just having fun and stuff like that that's for me that's basically all all i have for my own mental health i mean i try to take the time when i can but other than that i mean i, I get mean, that's that it, I get honestly that. what about I mean, you i mean i i it depends. It depends on on what I what time I can get and stuff. Like during the week, usually the way way it does, and it depends on if I'm in the office or if I'm at home. Um, I enjoy spending time with my wife and my dog. Um, I really enjoy that. Um, but then you know, I also you know that that helps that helps me a lot. But then there are those times where I also need my alone time because, like for me, I. If I'm if I'm having a bad day, I will I will really enjoy being spending time alone by myself, um, and that's that's how it's been for a long time. Like my wife can't stand it, so if I'm having a bad day, I'm like, hey, I need to go by myself, and she's like, no, no, no come hang out, I'll make it better. And I'm like, you're making it so much worse. I need my time. Right? It's just like you know, we have we have we have different methods of how yeah. we go. Right? For her, yeah. when she's having a bad day, she needs to spend time. When I'm having a bad day, I need I need my space. Right. Um, so balancing that has been a a joy um but like so for me what i'll do um 
and like most most of the days what it do, does is like she goes to bed at like 10 right like she like 10 o'clock hits and she's like all right i'm out i'm done i can barely stay awake and she goes to bed so I, I i stay up probably from about 10 to 12 i actually do kind of just i hang out by myself uh up up here in my room uh and depending on the day will depend on on what it is i can i've done uh xbox um i can do xbox like some simple game that like i don't there's no consequence like i used to i play plants versus zombies right it's a kid's game right but there's no consequence to it yeah, right like you, you know like if your character dies like he just respawns and you keep going right it's like i do something like that no consequence i've done minecraft um things like that i watch i watch podcasts uh i watch tv shows uh and then like there's some days that i'll just sit and listen to music um but in as part of that uh, one of the things that I found out uh, in my time in Germany, New York, I really enjoy um, turning off the lights and then putting on some like LEDs and have them like slowly mm. like transition through um, uh, through the spectrum and then like listen to music like and then in the darkness like that, like that. I'm like, that's calming to me. I do that like shit. We actually ended up setting up my lights uh, a couple weeks back. And I've used them every day since. And it just, it just, for me, it helps a lot. Like, I just, it makes me comfortable. I'm like, this is cool. I can sit here. I can think and like stare at the lights while it's, you know, transitioning stuff. It's really cool. So that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much what I, what I do for it. Um, most of the time, if I can't, if I can't get that, like, I'll take a minute and like a couple of deep breaths you know, kind of like sit in silence for a second, maybe close my eyes and just, you know, just center myself. But yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's about it, honestly, for me. Uh, but I thought, I thought it was a, a very good question. Uh, uh, and so shout out to Chris for asking that. Cause I saw, he said that he asked that question to Brady and I was like, Ooh, like, that's a doozy right there. You know, uh, and I wanted to hear what you had to say about it. Yeah. And actually on that topic um, here, it, I let me rephrase this. There is a new resource that has been put out and it's called the 988 lifeline. Um, and it works just like 911. If you have an emergency, you call right for some emergency. 988 is the same thing where um, 988 is available for mental health crisis. So it's like a mental health crisis hotline and it's a, you know, available for everyone and it starts well actually it started on the 16th of july um which was yesterday i believe um but it's basically a 24 7 emotional support line and anytime you know somebody might be got the weight of the world on them and they you know they you know they're carrying something that they want to just get off their chest or whatever it's it's a good tool to use um and that's something that it's a new resource that came out. It's something that they've been working for for a really long time. My wife has actually been um, following that for a while now. And I know with what she does, there's a lot of talk with her work and some of their meetings about um, just making sure that people are okay, you know, mentally, because people are working from home for you know how you know for years and like she's never been to the office yet so she's been working from home for two years now um so it's just another one of those you you uh utility things that you can use if anybody needs help with something um or they want to talk about something or you maybe you're just in a really bad place and you need to just like i said you just need to talk and 
Brady and I, we've been, you know, we preached, I think from day one that there's not enough resources out there for people who are battling through things and who have, uh, mental health, um, I don't know what you want to call it. There's, you know, just there have just people that have uh, battles and fights and they're going through stuff. And I don't think there's enough resources for that. And this is, I think, hopefully something that gets promoted a lot and it gets pushed a lot. And people finally realize that there are things now that are helping lead to more resources and hopefully lead to more awareness and hopefully lead to less statistical numbers. Yeah, I had heard about I had heard about that. I saw it uh, probably I think it was like a, like a month or two ago, and I was like, oh, like that's a really cool project. The only thing I will I think correct you on, and if I'm mistaken, I'm mistaken. Feel free to call me out. I believe it's only within the United States that yes. it's nine eight eight. Yes. Um. So for those international listeners, um, I don't. I mean, I I would definitely encourage anyone uh, international, um, you know, whether you're traveling or you actually just live there, that you seek out, um and see if there's any resources like that within your own country or locality that has something like that. If not, um, maybe you could, I don't know, maybe like try and get something started like that. Cause I mean, that's yep. a really cool idea. When I saw that, I was like, I was like, that's a cool thing. Right. And it's, I mean, you know, and for America, nine one one is like when you're like the first, some of the first things you learn when you're, when you can start talking is, you know, mom, dad, and then nine one one, because if there's ever an emergency, you need to reach out. Right. So it's for, for us here in America, it's like, you know, we know nine one one, everyone knows nine one one. Right. So having it something similar to that, you know, nine eight eight, right. Is, is also very, you know, it's very cool. And, you know, I remember they had, they did have the suicide hotline and it was just like a one eight hundred number, you know, and then like yeah. seven other numbers after that. So it's not like I mean, like okay, yeah, you could write it down, but it wasn't catchy. It wasn't easy, right? And, and well, stuff like that. And the other thing that they were finding too is people would call the suicide hotline and then they'd be on hold because there are so many people calling in, which is a problem in itself. Not that you're you know necessarily waiting on hold, but the fact that you're waiting on hold because there's so many people calling into the hotline like that right. is alarming. Right. So now the nine eight eight thing, uh, hopefully, hopefully people take advantage of this and um, I, you know, hopefully it leads to good things. And it's kind of like, you might not be young enough for this, but, or uh, old enough for this, but uh, do you remember growing up on the refrigerator? You had like, mom's cell phone the poison control the this this and now you're gonna have 988 on that list yeah yeah i mean well yeah i, I remember that like we do like we had like a little notepad you had to write down all the numbers on right yeah. uh and stuff like that so yeah absolutely we had i had that and you know well before you know well before cell phones cell were phones really yeah. a thing you know you had the little I, rotary I do, phone I all that yeah okay I, had, look look man i had a rotary I'm, I'm phone. not that old thank you very wow. much Technically speaking, wow. I feel like you're not either. Um, I um, we had a rotary phone growing up, though. I did at least. Maybe did I don't. You? I don't know, man. I, I'm not. Bro, no, I was busy not. playing Legos and GI Joe. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have time for that. I didn't care what was the phone on the wall. Uh, not that I could reach it either, but hey, you know. True. Different so story. you said that there was a couple other things that you wrote down or that you wanted to go over based on the last episode, but you also specifically asked to be on an episode because 
you had some stuff going on in your life and there are some things that you really just kind of wanted to get off your chest. And that's what, you know, that's what we're doing today. And, you know, this is, it's, it's, you know, we could just call it the Seth episode, but I mean, it really is because, and that, and that's great that you asked about that and that we talked about that because that is the whole reason why Brady and I started this was we want people who are comfortable doing so to reach out. And if they need to talk about something, then come on and talk about it. So I, I didn't, okay. So first and foremost, I was telling Dan right before we did this, I was like, oh boy, are you in for a treat? Cause man, have I been saving up this, uh, you know, in the typical dude fashion of, I'm not going to talk to anybody about it until it all at once. Um, so, <laughs> you know, you know, don't, don't take that with a grain of salt and don't do that. Cause that's not good. Um, but yeah, so, um, I can, I'll, I'll hit one of the points for, um, one of the things that Brady said in the previous podcast in a little bit after I lay this out and um, <laughs> dish it. So I, I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the last time I was on was during the, like the pre-Christmas episode, which was phenomenal, yeah. by the way, it was excellent. If I do say so myself, got a little toasted um, and oh, really great. enjoyed it. It was really, it was really nice. Um, but so, yeah, so Christmas was, I'll give a, I'll give a little uh, brief recap of the last, oh, what is it? Six months. months yeah. um, just that have just been great. <laughs> um, so for me, uh, I, I understand where I'm at, where I'm at in my life. I understand that not everyone can be, be in a position that I'm in. I don't want to rub it in anybody's faces. I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm not saying, Hey, woe is me or anything like that. I actually wanted to come on this and kind of like share my experience um, and some of the things that I always thought happened to other people and not me, um, and my family and things like that. Um, but life in general has been very kind to me the last, the last couple of years. Um, you know, like I've said, uh, I, I had a great wedding. Uh, I've got, I just got a house. Uh, we actually just hit our year mark a few days ago. Uh, that we've been living here. Um, I've got a great job. I'm actually applying for another job. Uh, you know, I actually applied uh, last week and I got the initial, past the initial point and now they're, now I'm kind of waiting on to see whether or not they want to interview me. Right. So I understand that like my life has been, you know, very, very, life has been very kind to me um, as, you know, in a general sense. Um, but I got to tell you, man, these last six months have sucked a specific and total amount of ass um, <clears throat> mentally that it has just been just awful. So three days after the beginning of the year, so January 3rd, uh, we had a in Virginia and on, along the east, the eastern seaboard here, uh, we had a terrible winter storm. Uh, I, you know, I remember Dan, Dan was talking about it a little bit, uh, and like, it was, it was huge, right? So it rained right, right before it did a big snowstorm. So it ended up just freezing and then dropped like a foot of snow, which yeah. does happen, but not regularly. And it does, and it certainly doesn't rain. So the rain was what the, the changing factor on it. Um, and it was, it was bad. So like they shut down like the state interstate, like it, the 95, like the, biggest road like people got shut down people were stuck there like one of the senators for virginia was stuck there for like 24 or 36 hours just stuck on the side of the road right so it was it was crazy 
Um, but on the third, that third, right, we lost power here in our house. Um, and which, okay, like, I mean, I was like, oh, gee, great. You know, I don't have a generator and now it's, it's like 20 degrees out and I don't have ha power, right? Uh, which, I mean, we had blankets, we had food. I mean, like it was, it was fine. Uh, but my dog died that day. Uh, Elsie, we had taken her outside. Uh, we were running around, hanging out. She was running through the snow. She loved running through the snow. Uh, we took her inside. Pamela and I were playing Sorry, um, a board game. And Elsie started breathing kind of funny. And we started paying some attention to her. And we noticed her gums were blue. Um, and this was like just a couple minutes after we took her outside. And within an hour, she was dead. Mm. Um, she died uh, in our arms in the dark. We were like, there's no... Uh, <laughs> There's no power or anything like that. Get out, get out of here. Go, go. Sorry. <laughs> my, my new dog. Um, so uh, she died uh, and it was, it was rough. It was, it happened so quick. Uh, we don't really know what happened. Um, we think she had maybe like a, some sort of like just freak defect in like a heart or something like that. Um, but like, it was, it was so quick. It was, it was ridiculously quick. Um, and so here my dog is dead on the floor, right? Dead, like in our, in our living room, um, or actually our dining room. And my wife, um, she, I mean, we're, we're both just destroyed. Um, because like, not only is it like, like we couldn't get any help. Right. Uh, she was, you know, she was like, we need to go, we need to go to a vet. I'm like, how are we going to get there? Right. Like the roads are closed. The power is out. Like, it's ridiculous, you, you know? Um, and so, I mean, and she was, she was just, she was just beyond thought at that point. Yeah. And so what it ended up happening was her mom, um, her mom, like we, you know, we'd called them and we barely had service. We were like, she's like, El we were like, Elsie's dying. Elsie's dying. Like, look something up. We don't, you know, we were trying to figure it out. We couldn't figure out what was going on. Uh, and so her mom actually ended up coming down that day. She was, she drove down. And what usually takes them about an hour and a half took them like four to five hours. Mm. you know to come to come down here uh and so like elsie died um i think it was like mid-afternoon probably around three or something uh and they got here to our house at like 11 like it was it was crazy late and so uh we loaded elsie up uh and because uh, her husband had a jeep has a jeep like wrangler and so we started we started going and we were looking out there and like I mean, obviously, both of us were just emotionally distraught, but like we were looking and it was like there was no way we would have gotten out of out of the neighborhood in my car. Um, and because it was just it was just uh, I mean, trees, like, trees were down, were down. Yeah, trees were down everywhere. Oh, dude, it was it was ridiculous. Right. So it took us like it took us like an hour to go 30 minutes away. Right. You know, what usually takes 30 minutes and then three hours to get back. Right. It was just it was it was horrific. Right. So Elsie died on the third and Pamela. So we ended up, we actually ended up leaving our house um, for like a week almost because um, we didn't have any power. Uh, her mom had power and her mom was like, Hey, just come on over. Just, just come over. Right. And Pamela was all over it because she didn't want to be in the house because every time she walked past um, the, the dining room, she looked at the spot where Elsie died. And to be fair, I did the same thing. Yeah. Um. And so we, you know, we we left. Uh, and we and she, she was racked with um, panic attacks and just 
basically like depression, but times like three because Elsie was like her emotional support dog. Yeah. Uh, so she would really like do that. And then she missed having a dog. And then, you know, her mom had a dog. And so she'd cuddle with that dog. But then it always reminded her of, you know, Elsie. And then it was it was like that. And so it was it was particularly rough at that time. And then my migraines came and hit. Uh, and that's for like the next like month, month and a half. Uh, and that was because I was stressed, uh, both because, you know, I was uh, not great emotionally, but also because I was trying to help take care of her. Um, which is very difficult, you know, I mean, just in, a, I mean, it's grief, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Grief like is hard just, to, it's one of those you things know. you can't really do anything. You have to just kind of endure through it with somebody because grief is a hundred things into one. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's what it was. Like, I was like, I was like, dude, I don't, I was like, I don't know what to tell you. It was like, you know, she'd be like, I miss her. I miss her so much. And I'm like, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be a dick. Right. But for me, I think logically, and I'm like, well, she's gone. Like she's, she's not here. We can't, you like we have to like try and move on and like you can't do that right everybody copes uh in their own in their own ways uh and she was um she was just bent like she was she was done right um and then so she was like really rough and then we moved back into the house like a week later right like we came back um and so and it was just empty man like you know like our dog wasn't like a central part of our lives. She didn't wasn't involved in everything, but like it was so noticeable. Like it felt that it was empty. You walk in the door and there was nobody there to greet you, uh, you know. And like it was just like you know we had toys laying about and everything. You know, it was just the littlest things that like set you off. Um, and so she pitched a week later. She's like, I need another dog, and I was like was like i understand that and i agree with that let's you know let's do a little bit of research um and you know we'll we'll go from there and and you know see how see how it goes right and i did the same thing i always do when i tell her okay go ahead i think that she thinks like me where i'm like all right i'm gonna get to it in a couple of months i'll start doing some like low-key research and maybe looking out or whatever no, I, I, he I heard, I, okay, we're getting a dog tomorrow. Well, funny you said that. <laughs> so she reached out to like a couple of like shelters and, you know, there, there was like a shelter. There was like a, like a, like a foster company or something like that, that they don't do, they don't do breeding, but they do like, they like get dogs, you know, they get, they get puppies and they get other dogs and stuff like that. And, you know, so like, you know, she reached out to a couple of those. And I believe it was the 19th, right? So Elsie died on the 3rd. And the 19th of January, uh, we get a call from one of the local animal shelters. They're like, hey, your application for the dog Penny, uh, it was approved. Do you want to pick up her today or tomorrow? And I was like, uh, tomorrow? Hold up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow. Uh, and they're like, cool, thanks. And they hung up on me. And like, uh, I talked to him okay. and I was like, so we're, we're getting, a, getting dog. a dog tomorrow. <laughs> um, and so, you know, and uh, and so like right like like right after that, we left the house. We went to the, the, the pet store. We got a whole bunch like a dog crate, some doggy kibble or puppy kibble, uh, some toys and just some just some stuff. And then the next day we uh, I, I ended up having to go to pick her up from the shelter um her name was penny and i'll have brady know that 
I don't change dogs' names when I get them from the shelter. I get a dog and they're named that way. The dog's name was Penelope. Uh, we call her Penny, and that it was not my choice. I did not. I, this was not after Penny, his daughter, right? It just happy, happy happenstance. Honestly, he's going to um, say different. You know that I'm a hundred percent, which is why I'm prefacing it and beating him to it. <laughs> um, but so we, I go into my picture up, and I got to tell you, man, that car ride home sucked ass. I was. So this puppy, uh, it's a little um, mixed like emotions. A pitbull terrier, bro, just straight depression. Um, so uh, I got her. I picked her up, and she, like we're talking eight weeks, fresh off the teat, man. Like she was, she mm. was tiny, right? Little. They gave me to her in a towel, you know, and she was just like, she's like three pounds, like do the most adorable thing, right? But uh, so I put her in the crate that we had in the car, and we, you know, I started driving home. About 30 minutes, right? But she was whining because, I mean, it's a puppy. You know, like, that that's what they do. Uh, she was whining. And, dude, I was torn up. Like, not only was I was like, oh, my God, I'm sorry, puppy. I, like, I wish I could hold you right now, right? But I'm driving. But also because I was like, dude, it was like two weeks after Elsie had died. Personally, I was not ready for a dog. I was not. Um, she asked me if I was. And I was like, if you want a dog, you want a dog. Um, like, that's fine. I understand that. Right. Because I understood that for her, she needs someone to take care of. Uh, that's actually one of the things for her that, that comforts her is that she, she gets, she gets satisfaction um, and not necessarily just satisfaction. It makes her feel better if there's someone there to take care of. Um, and one of the things that she had a problem with, you know, when Elsie died is that there was nobody for her to take care of. Like she tried to take care of me, but like, I couldn't like, I could, I didn't stop dealing with everything like, well, okay, I did, but like not, not, not emotionally, but like with life. Right. So like, you know, I took a few days off cause you know, of work. Cause I was just like, I need to take care of her. But like, once she started getting back into it, like, I was like, all right, I'm going to go back to work. Cause like sitting around is not doing me any good. I need to just give me some monotony, you know, and I'll do it. So I would go back to work. And so I like, she couldn't take care of me really. Um, and so she needed somebody to do it. And a puppy was, was, you know, like it was, it checked all the boxes, right? It was somebody to take care of. It was a dog, you know, and that she really loved dogs, stuff like that. So we got a, we got a puppy. Uh, and then, oh man, that was a learning experience. Uh, and here I am, I will say it. I'll be that guy. Uh, I understand the difference between dogs and children and babies, right? But very similar to babies, puppies require a lot of care. Different, but a lot. Um, and then obviously there is a significant time difference in it as well. Puppies get a lot more self-sustainable a lot sooner than, than infants. I, I understand the difference, right? But there's a lot of things that mirror a lot of the stuff. Uh, we learned right. very quickly that uh, taking, you know, having the time to yourself after having a puppy is, is very, is very important. So we would take turns, right? Like the puppy required constant attention, right? Uh, and we both start getting snippy with each other. And then I'm like, hey, hey, you know what? You know what? I need a nap. I'm going to go take a nap. Right. Mm -hmm. And then she'd give me like two hours. I come back and I'll be like, refresh. I'm good. Tag team. You're out. Power okay. nap. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, that she go and then we do it. So that was that was what we did. And so it was very nice. It was very nice uh, to have a puppy um, for that. And she's, she's here now. Well, she's around somewhere. Oh no, she's taking that. Okay, good. What I was about to say is like, it's, you know, it's, it's quiet. So it's suspicious. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so, so that was really good. 
and so we had her. February was rough for me uh, because one, we had a puppy, uh, and you know, and then I Elsie had died, right? So for me, like stress triggers my migraines. So it was, February was a rough month month for migraines, right? And then you got a puppy waking up at you know six o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning because she's got to pee. Uh, and then, you know, wants to play for like 30 minutes and then nap for like two hours and wake up again. Right. And it was, you know, it's the schedule and I'm working from home trying to deal with the puppy and work. And, and it was, it was stressful for me, but like, it, it was, it was nice. Uh, and then, so she's, she doing, was doing all right. And then what ended up happening. So right around mid March, uh, my dad, hard segue. Um, my dad ended up take, had an accident. Uh, when he was in, he was working at the VFW for Fish Fry Fridays. Um, shout out to the Hillman VFW because they have bomb fish fries uh, there every Friday. So uh, my dad slipped on some ice, uh, taking out the trash uh, in uh, at the VFW, and he fell and he hit his head. Mm. Um, and so this was right around like the 15th of March. And he got up and he carried on his business and stuff like that. And I didn't know, which was typical of my dad because... My dad was. My dad did not like to talk emotionally. Um, a lot, like a lot way. of us who just don't want to talk about no. anything that's wrong with us. No, well, I mean, yeah, but like, okay, yes, but like times fifteen, like he, oof, oh my goodness, um, missing his, a his, limb. Oh no, that's all right. Don't worry about it. I'll put it back on later. Tis <laughs> merely a flesh wound. Merely um, a flesh wound. So he ended up slipping and falling and he hit his head. Um, and what ended up happening was, I guess, over the next few days, uh, he ended up having headaches, 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 right? And they got worse and worse and worse until one day he did not wake up. Mm. Um, his, his wife found him uh, unresponsive. He was taken to one of the area hospitals uh, and then was immediately life flighted to another hospital in central Michigan. Uh, uh, where they had to operate, like as soon as he got there, they, he was in he was in brain he was in uh, surgery on his brain. They they had to release the pressure and stuff like that. And so uh, my brother Chad, uh, he he talked to my dad's wife. Um, so I say my dad's wife uh, because he that she they married after you know just a few years ago, probably about three or four years ago. Um, we were not, never big fans. We'll get a little bit into that later. Um, but, and there was some bad blood in between it. Um, but basically she called my brother and was like, Hey, uh, you know, he's in a hospital or whatever. So my brother called me and he's like, Hey, dad's in the hospital. I'm getting ready to fly up. Uh, I'm going to go be there. Uh, and I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, Hey, I'm at a point I'm dropping everything. I'm gonna be there too. Right. Uh, you know, and so my brother, Chad, he was, he was talking to the hospital and I wasn't talking to the hospital. I sent out some notifications to the other family, like my sister, my brother, other brother, excuse me. And I was like, Hey, um, you know, like dad's been in an accident. Uh, I'm going to go up there with, with Chad and we're going to go up and we're going to hang out and, you know, you know, see what's going on and stuff like that. And so my brother, Chad, he had told me that they like my, like, he had told me that the doctors were like, they're like, hey, he's not responding and stuff like that. We're doing these tests and things like that. I'm like, okay, cool, right? Like, you know, we were under the impression that, uh, you know, like, oh, like he's brain, you know, he's in surgery, like, you know, he's in like a coma, he'll, he'll come too, right? So me and my brother, we, you know, we, we go, we meet up and we go to the hospital and we get there. Uh, we walk into the room that my dad's at. First and foremost, I straight up thought that we had walked into the wrong room. I was like, I was like, hey, dude, like this. I was like, 
I don't know who this is. It's like, we got to go find dad. Uh, and it was my dad, turns out. Um, he, they had like shaved his head, stuff like that for the surgery mm. and stuff like that. Uh, and we, I mean, which was, which was rough, right? I was like, oh, dude, like, it's crazy, right? Uh, and then, so like, you know, some of the, the nurses come in, we're like talking to them and uh, we're like, so like I had brought some books, like some of the books that my dad had introduced me to. Uh, and I was like, I was going to sit there. I was like, hey, I was prepared to sit there and read. My, my brother, he brought his laptop. He's like, yeah, I'm going to sit here at work. You know, we'll sit here, talk to dad. Talk. We'll, you and I can talk. We'll talk to dad until he wakes up and stuff like that. We get there and the nurse is like, oh, I'm sorry. I think you misunderstood. Um, he's never going to wake up. Mm. Uh, and we were like, what? Uh, and so we, uh, she pulled up some of the, I think it was her CT scans, um, the scans of the brain. Um, and they showed, uh, she showed us this. She's, she like pulled up some like, some like regular like scans on Google. She's like, this is what a normal brain looks like. And then she pulled up the scan of his and she's like, this is what his looks like. Uh, mm. And it was just marked, like a marked difference. Uh, and we were like, oh God, right. And she's like, there's, it, it can, I think it was like a, and forgive me, I'm not a medical practitioner of any sort. She said that there was an, it, at an eight millimeter shift in the brain, um, that is considered significant, right? Mm. A significant change to the brain and you need immediate surgery uh, in terms of like blood pressure and stuff like, like blood pooling in the brain. Um, my dad had 16, a 16 oh, millimeter shit. shift. Yes. Um, it was massively significant. Um, and so, you know, and then like they were saying like, you know, they pointed out like, this is some spot, like you see this gray spot, it's not supposed to be gray. This means that it's uh, necrotizing or whatever. That part of the brain is dying that part of his brain um, hmm. is where and who your dad was. Right. Um, so he will not wake up. And then, so like, you know, me and my brother were just like, Oh shit. Like, holy shit. And they were like, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like, it was gut punched like times 15. Like it was just like, Oh my God. Like, and so we were like, and cause no, cause nobody knew. Right. Cause, and they, and they had said this, the same information over the phone, but it wasn't like, like, we're not, you know, none of our, none of my immediate family is like medical professionals. So it didn't hit the significance of it. So we were like, oh, we thought he's going to wake up and no. Uh, and so, and then they had told us like, hey, they do some cognitive tests and stuff like that to see where his brain function is. And apparently it had slowly just been decreasing, right? So he was responding less and less to some of the chest, the, 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 the tests, like, you know, like they do like a pain rub on the chest uh, they'll do, you know, like the light in the eyes to test and like touch the feet and things like that. Um, and so he'd been slowly responding to less. So what ended up being like a thing to like, oh, me and my, we were going to hang out with dad until he gets a little bit better or whatever came to, we need to send out notification that dad is on his deathbed. Um, and, you know, so that was, that was rough. I uh, called my sister. My sister was you know, my sister came and was like, she's like, okay, she dropped what she could. She had to come up, but you know, she had to leave her, her family behind because, you know, unfortunately not everyone is able to just drop everything and show up for emergencies like that. Um, you know, call my brother. He wasn't actually able to, he wasn't actually able to make it on such short notice, you know? Um, but you know, and like we, you know, I called my, my mom, stepmom, Um, and so, you know, we, we go up and, uh, so, you know, my dad um, didn't have a will uh, or anything like that. We didn't really know what his wishes were, which I, which at this point I will pause and tell everyone you need to get your shit together uh, because that is just a nightmare for your family to have to go through and figure out. 
Um, but we ended up deciding that dad would not have wanted to be kept alive, alive on, uh, on a feeding tube and stuff like that. And so we ended up, uh, we ended up making the, the group decision and, uh, we, you know, they, they pulled the life support and then the, the nurses and stuff were very, uh, very, very, very kind, uh, and comforting and stuff like that for, I mean, as best they could. Um, and so my dad ended up dying, uh, March 24th, hmm. um, which was just brutal. Um, you know, my, my wife was able to come. I mean, she, you know, she runs her thing. So she was able to come. Um, my, my brother's wife, uh, Chad's wife was able to come. My sister was able to come. Like, so we were all there when dad passed. Um, and then his wife was there as well. Um, and so like, Oh, it was, it, it was rough. It was rough. Um, but unfortunately, um, you know, life is, I don't know. I've never found life to be too kind. Uh, and this was one of those instances where it was like that. Uh, unfortunately due to some bad blood in the family, uh, of which I won't go into any depth for legal and personal reasons. Um, but we were not fans of his wife, uh, nor her family. Um, Dan, Dan, I see that smile. Yeah, you know. Um, I, I, I know the story. Um, obviously, I'm not going to tell anybody the story, but we, yeah. my wife and I know the story. I mean, like my wife and I are very close to you and and, yeah. and your wife. And, you know, we were there when you called us about Elsie and, you know, you're, we were there to, fi- you know, find out early about what was going on with your dad. And, you know, so we we've we're very familiar with the with the situation yeah so but for Um, yeah for everybody else it's uh this would be prime time um reality tv if uh if there was a camera walking around following you guys Oh, dude see i used to i used to make fun of pamela um because her family has has had some drama and stuff like that and i used to make fun of her i was like oh my god i was like i can't i can't imagine what it's like my family's so like white bread like just no (laughs) nothing at all and now here's your own drama drama that came out came out of my oh my god i was like i was like geez i should be on maury like dude this is i was like this is ridiculous anyways anyways right so there was some bad blood um between the family uh which did not do like did not dissipate over time unfortunately it kind of got a little bit worse after dad died um like there was some stuff that happened over his in the room moments after he died uh, we were lied to multiple times um and it was just it was not great uh and then we ended up uh going to my dad's house uh which i've been very familiar with uh did not recognize uh it it was very different and it was not necessarily because of my dad uh it was because of his wife and her friends so to speak mm-hmm. um but we we were able to go into the house we grabbed just about everything uh that was our dad's um photos memories uh you know just you know awards and things like that from his time of service and stuff like that some like his old uniforms and you know a whole bunch of but basically everything of my dad's that was my dad's was like right. we basically took uh so we got just about everything important uh there a whole bunch of documents and stuff like that um and so you know and then you know my because like my brother was going to try and take care of the the estate and stuff like that um and so, you know, we ended up getting him set up with a, uh, 
uh, one of the national cemeteries in Michigan, Holly National Cemetery, uh, because my dad was a Vietnam veteran. Um, and uh, so we got everything set up there. Um, and so, you know, we took like I, I had driven up there. Uh, my brother had flown. So I actually ended up taking up all of my dad's stuff, uh, all of all of the, the, you know, the paperwork and all that stuff. I had taken that. Uh, and when we were done with that, we decided that we would bury dad uh, closer to June uh, this year. That way we could get like family could get their things in order so they could all show up and attend the funeral and stuff like that. My brother's sibling or my dad's siblings stuff like that so we set it up uh and then we we came and so i came home and so my brother was going to try and take care of the estate which for those not familiar with uh u.s law in most states of uh, of the of united states generally speaking when it comes to the estate the estate when somebody passes the estate first goes through like a series of uh a series of people right first and foremost it usually goes to the spouse um uh, if there is no spouse, usually goes to surviving children. Uh, no, and then it goes like down the list of like who it could potentially go to. So my brother was trying to take care of it. Um, and unfortunately, it fell to my dad's wife. Um, and basically what it was is we didn't we weren't in it for the money. No one. My dad did not have a lot of money. No, nobody wanted to fight over his dead body over the money that he, what little money he did have. Um, it was more of a principal thing based off of her activities and what she had done. And, you know, kind of like the face that she had shown us versus the face that was really, truly her. Um, and for those that know me, not that I'm, I mean, other than Dan, I can't imagine there's many people that I know that listen to this. Um, and even if they do, I don't think they'd understand the true weight of what I say this. Uh, I am generally a very kind person. I give, I try and give everyone a benefit of the doubt. Uh, and my wife says frequently that I give people way too much of a benefit of a doubt. Um, and you know, if someone's rude to me or whatever, I assume first and foremost, it's like, Hey, you're having a bad day. You're not truly a terrible person, but I'll, whatever. Right. I'll give everyone the benefit of the doubt until you prove me wrong. And this woman proved me wrong. Um, so much so that I'd actually tack the label of evil on her. Um, which I don't use that word. I understand that there is evil, uh, don't get me wrong, but I don't generally, there's not, not often do I use it. Um, and so unfortunately you, you were a little more, uh, colorful about that when we, when you were talking to us or talking to me about it, when you guys came to the house, you did use the word evil, but you also had some other choice words, but you, the way you said it, it wasn't just nonchalant evil. Like you wholeheartedly believe that this woman is just dead evil right and um and i don't I, and i don't want to i don't want to derail into and and just and just turn this on a crap session or whatever but like <laughs> it was it, it suffice it to say that no death is clean in you know you know whether you know whether it's a family member whether it's a friend or anything like that uh, no death is clean. It's always it's always messy. It's always sucks. Grief is just probably one of the worst things ever. But what made this one worse than usual is that the circumstances around it were were just not great. And then she made it worse. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and then we only recently 
we only recently finally closed on on everything so you know we don't have to worry about that anymore um but it was it was rough my brother my brother um not only had to deal because he was the eldest uh my brother not only had to deal with you know taking care of my dad's arrangements and everything getting all that squared away he had to deal with all the legal stuff uh in regards to dad's estate uh with that right so he had it like doubly so and and my brother uh he is my half brother uh so my dad married like i believe it was four times um and so my brother's mom is not my mother my mother passed last year uh april uh right at the right at the end of march um beginning of april she passed uh, my biological mother and my brother his mother died earlier this year i believe it was like january she had died mm. um and so she she died like right and he was like he was he had just finished dealing with all of her estate matters right which he was he was talking to me about you know because i check in on him and be like hey man how, how you doing he'd be he'd be telling me like how rough it was and stuff and you know he he had just buried his mom and now here he is trying to bury his dad uh, our dad and and he's got to deal with all this nonsense on top of the fact which was just not pleasant but it was it sucked uh so and then so to back up just a little bit so shortly after the trip to go oh excuse me sorry sorry i'm getting jumbled up getting jumbled up so that was that was in march and so you know through march um march to june uh i had all of my dad's possessions my brother was trying to go through and deal with the estate and legal legal matters and stuff like that. Uh, but my brother was also trying to deal with, you know, like, he, you know, in dealing with the estate, like he needs certain information, birthdays, uh, social security numbers, things like that, like that, that help. And he can send out notifications to places where he can get like death certificates and things like that, to, things to get to make sure that everything is in order. Um, and so I had all of, I had like all of my dad's documents and stuff. And so he'd be like, hey, man, I need this. Can you go through, look through the stuff and see if you can find me anything relating to this? Um, and so uh, we would do it. And I got to tell you, man, that was just one of the roughest things I've ever had to do. Um, because unfortunately, my dad was not open about a great many things, a great mm -hmm. many things. Um so he when I, we mentioned before we were kind of joking about it a little bit about how like men don't like to talk about their feelings or anything like that um he what took that like and held it as like a religious belief um he he never really talked about his feelings and stuff like that uh there was a few times in my life where i've got like i've actually been able to like to crack the surface and like see see him talk emotionally and stuff like that one of the ones that i'll probably always remember is my wedding mm. uh that was that was great your, your dad was very proud like yeah. you could just tell you could just tell he was a very proud man yeah yeah um but he didn't like to talk about stuff and i would go through his like i was going through everything and of course my dad was 70 years old when he died so you know he's he was technologically savvy for a 70 year old but like you know he like he'd he got paper statements in the mail, you know, like that was his thing. Right. And I was going through all of those and, and my dad had money troubles. Right. So I'm looking through bank statements and, you know, late bills and stuff like that. And I'm sitting here looking at it and I'm like, not only am I grieving for my dad, I'm looking at these things that I look at. I'm like, my dad can't have been happy. 
right? Like, look at this past due notice. Look at this. Look at his bank statement, things like that. So I'm looking through all of these things and, um, you know, just kind of like, and, and like, I'm not like, I, I'm, I couldn't just sit there and be like, oh, here's the information and, you know, pass along to my brother. Like, no, I'd have, I had to snoop because uh, my dad didn't like to talk. So I was like, I got to kind of get a feeling for this. I wanted to. And it was very difficult, very difficult. I, I, I did not do well with it. I'd sit there and I'd look at something and I'd just get so depressed. And I'd be like, I'd, and then, you know, me and my wife were trying to sort the paperwork, you know, like bank stuff here, social security stuff here, VA stuff here, right? We're trying to, we're trying to separate everything, right? So it's easier to manage. Like, so my brother's like, hey, I need this. We have a section to go. Um, that's, that's my wife for you. She was, she's the organizational side of that. Um, so we, we were sorting it and like i couldn't sort like i because i'd be going through and i'd be looking line by line looking for stuff and i'd find all this crap i'd sort like three things and be like emotionally i'm done i was like i can't i can't do this i can't go through it i can't sort it because it's just too depressing i pick up a piece of paper and it just makes me sad um and so re what ended up happening was basically my wife sorted all of my dad's paperwork uh like i i i didn't want to do it she'd be like hey let's go and do it i'm like i just i can't i can't do it um, let's, let's do it later. Let's do it later. I keep trying to push it off and I just, I couldn't do it. So she ended up sorting through all of it too. So shout out to Pamela for being just honestly the best. Um, but so we ended up sorting all that and then we were, um, you know, so we got everything set up, uh, and then, you know, the, you know, the funeral came. And so we actually ended up burying my dad the weekend of father's day. Mm. Uh, that Friday, right before Father's Day, uh, we didn't really plan that. It, we were like, "Oh, that's the date that we all got all we could, we all can do it, uh, decent enough time." That, so it wasn't a plan, but like, you know, it was right there. Um, and so we ended up burying him in the uh, National Cemetery in Holly, Michigan, um, which was it was very very nice, very nice place. Uh, it was it was gorgeous. Uh, right, my dad was an avid fisherman, uh, and he is literally on a hill right above a lake. Like we were there and like, oh my God, like this could not have been more perfect. Right. It was, right. it was, it was truly awesome. Um, but my dad, like I said, my dad was not a communicative, communicative fellow, uh, in any meaningful way. Um, I knew my dad was a Vietnam war vet. Uh, I had asked him about it one time, one time in my life. And he clammed up like so fast. And I saw him like react in a way that I'd never seen him before that I never asked him again, uh, about what he did. I knew he had something to do with helicopters, uh, Hueys, um, in in there, and that was that was about it. That's all I knew. Uh, and then it's like it's like you you asking him that question like immediately sent him back to right wherever yeah. you know. And the only other thing that I knew about him was that if you touched his foot when he was asleep, that man would wake up and you like the reason you touched his foot, because if you woke him up out of sleep, he jerked so hard and so violently that like you had to be out of arm's reach. Right. To the day he died, my, my dad to me was the fastest man alive. And mm. my brother, my brother was telling me stories of like how he would react. Like there was a couple of times, apparently he like dove into a ditch before lightning struck like a few hundred feet away. Like my dad was, like my dad, it was crazy. Like the stories hmm. that I was hearing about my dad was crazy, right? That's wild. Um, but the most I heard about the stories about my dad were after he died. Um, 
and like and and i'm telling you like nobody in the family like really knew because like people would piece together stuff like like my brother chad would tell me like oh dad told me this right and then my mom who was there at the funeral would be like oh i i didn't know that i thought this right and then you're trying to piece it together one of the biggest friggin things that hit me uh when my dad died so we we buried my dad my dad we did a, a military funeral for my dad he you know the flag draped uh, you know, and he was taken, he had an honor guard for when he died, stuff like that. Um, and so my brother had been taking care of the arrangements with, with the, uh, national cemetery. My brother pulled me and my other brother away aside. Um, all of us are military veterans. Uh, me and my, my oldest, or me and my brother, RJ, uh, we were army and then he was Navy. Um, he was also Navy. RJ was also Navy. And my brother, Chad was a Marine, is a Marine, excuse me. Um, and my brother pulled me aside and he's like, so I was talking to the cemetery about, about, you know, like dad's epitaph and the, the label that they're going to have on his, his thing. Right. And so some of this, he's like, so like, they're going to have, you know, his rank and stuff like this. And they're also going to have his highest, uh, awards on there, which just so happens to be no less than 25 air medals. Holy shit. Holy shit is what we said. And that's when you probably found that out. Yeah. yeah. So my dad God damn. was uh, my dad was a door gunner on a Huey. He was an M60 door gunner, right? And so my brother explains to me what he like when he had heard that it blew him away. They were like he was like no 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 sorry like uh, you know let me make sure we have all the information correct. And then the you know the cemetery was like no that's correct. He has Holy 25 shit. air medals. And we, which means that no less than 25 separate times, my dad went to, uh, took on a mission, went on a mission that was so harrowing. It was required, like, it was like, it was so harrowing that like basically almost didn't get back, which was what having the air metal meant. Um, like some was, people, some people would like go into some shit like once and come out or they don't, but like some people witness some shit one time, two times. Your dad witnessed some shit twenty five times, and 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 you know the most, and maybe more honestly, but right, right, and oh yeah, absolutely, right. I Holy mean, shit, and, dude! We were like, we were like, oh my god, like we were like, are you serious? Because like we know what that means, right? They he he dropped it on. He's like with the his air medal with twenty five oak leaf clusters, and we were like, yo, mm. right. And so the biggest part of that was that. I didn't know that to me, like, so like, my dad was always my hero. To me, like, my dad was a real hero. Like, everybody yeah. says their parents are heroes. I was like, holy shit, dude, he's yeah. a hero. Like, right? Yeah. And so it was it was insane. Like, it blew me away. Um, And so, and, and, you know, so one of the saddest parts about this is like, so we had a whole bunch of family and stuff like this, right? And we would, you know, we had like, like you know, like a wake and we had people come around. Uh, and we, you know, we'd put as photos out, we had family come out, we had friends come out and like, they were telling stories like, Oh yeah. You know, like I had one guy, he's like, yeah, we did, you know, me and my, me and you know, your dad, Randy, we, we went out to the Hillman straight away and we put like a white line. Then we went down a quarter mile. We did another white line and man, that was the drag ra- drag strip for Hillman for <laughs> 15 years. You, you know, like talking here about that and just, you know, hearing stories and stuff. I got, I got a quick question for you. Yeah. When you guys, when you, so for the funeral, did you and your brothers, did you guys dress for that or are you allowed to dress for that? Or did you just, so we did not, uh, none of us did, um, 
for me are you would you be allowed to if it since it's family is that something you're allowed to do i don't i don't know like i don't no, know these i'm things. to be honest i'm not 100 percent sure um uh, hmm. like in terms of you know in terms of it all um had i been able to fit fit in my uniform i gained a couple pounds uh since i got out um i probably would have uh and because to be honest like i'm not and and here's the other thing too is that were you to do it you need to abide by all of the regulations right for it. Like all the dress codes and everything you know right? you can't have a beard and be walking around in uniform like no right and i wouldn't and if you were doing that right like i personally if i were to do it i would be to the funeral in uniform you know behave as if i'm still in uniform and all that um which means rendering salutes as necessary uh, and the appropriate greetings and stuff like that and having everything in order. Hmm. Um, but in this case, none of us did. No, we, okay. did, we did not. I was um, just curious. So anyway, yeah, you, yeah. you guys are sharing stories. Yeah. And the biggest thing that hit me, and this is, this is where I would make it appeal to everyone. Um, and, and one of the things, one of the last lessons my dad taught me, um, cause <laughs> you're never too old to learn, uh, from your parents is that you need to talk to your kids, right? Like, and, and I mean, I mean, I'm not necessarily talking emotionally, although absolutely you need to be talking to them emotionally and telling them how you feel. Uh, my dad always, I, I very rarely saw my dad, you know, like truly upset, you know, like he would like to hide his emotions and stuff like that. Like happiness, absolutely, right? He was always happy to see me, he'd talk to me and stuff like that. But like hearing your emotions and stuff like that, like he never told me how he would feel about stuff. Uh, he didn't talk about his past very often, which was why, like, I was, dude, I was eating it up. Anytime anybody told me a story, I was like, I got to take this. I got to treasure this because I did I'm not going to find it for my dad. Um, you know, uh, and which is not to say that my dad did not do nice things with me. We didn't do things together and stuff like that. Right. I had a great childhood with my dad. Um, you know, my sister had a different childhood. My brother had a different childhood. Like everybody had it different and everyone remembers it differently. Uh, and out of the group, I, m from what I can tell and what I've garnered from everyone, is that I had the best um, for a number of reasons. But, like, because when I would say, like, I remember when Ted would do this, and they're like, wow, they, you know, my sister would be like, oh, and Dad never did that with me, you know, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, or maybe telling a story, and I'd be like, dude, I never, I never, like, I never knew my dad played football in high school. I did not hmm. know that. Right. You know, like, um, uh, I think he was a running back. Uh, my dad was, my dad was a fast runner. Um, so, you, you know, so I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I didn't know that. Right. And it blew me away when I did that. Right. We were finding stuff, you know, through his, through his stuff. And we were like, oh my God, like, here's a newspaper article. Like dad's in the newspaper from, you know, the 1970 or 1960s. Right. Like it was crazy. Um, and I would, I would appeal to, to everybody, um, that like, you know, talk to your family, talk to your, you know, not, I mean, you also talk to your friends, right? But like, talk to your kids. And because, I mean, I was hearing stuff about my dad that like I literally never knew happened. And even, and even my dad's wife, uh, my stepmom, uh, she raised me. Like, she was hearing stuff that she didn't know about my dad, right? Which was just, which is crazy because she was married to it, you know? So I'm like, so I urge everyone to do that. I also urge everyone to, you know, no matter your age, 18 uh, or, you know, 95, 103, whatever, get your shit in order. So when you do pass, 
it's a lot easier because when we were going through his paperwork, we had to find out what his wishes were when he died, which luckily we, when we did find the stuff that he would like one thing he had was we did actually do in accordance with his will, um, which was, or I say his will, which is wishes. Um, uh, and then of course my wife, she was supporting me through the whole time, uh, which was just phenomenal. Shout out to shout out to her for being the best ever. And I'll hear nothing from anybody else about their wife is better than mine. <laughs> on, but, um, but basically she helped me with you know get through it all she was she was there she was supportive uh, and then she also um to be a little morbid was she went she got a book uh and it's it's called uh so you're dead now what mm. uh, and basically it's a book of like you can put all of your information on to like it's kind of like a one-stop shop for like everything that you would real it's not a will per se but it's it you know it has your name date of birth social your family members who you want contacted when you pass what are your wishes when you die where's your uh, insurance banking all this information right so there's you know this book where you could put this information down to make it easier right like you know to when you do pass right she got it for her mom as well um her mom is not particularly old but she's like hey we just went through this with his dad get a will in place do this book <laughs> like you know like not to be dark but like you know she saw what it was uh when it was very difficult but then also on top of everything else right also up on top of all of this right so we buried my dad in in the weekend of father's day uh and we come back uh, that that monday and then my wife finds out that her aunt uh, mm -hmm. from peru committed suicide mm. uh she lost her battle with her her demons and she committed suicide as well so immediately after we come back from my dad's funeral well which she she couldn't attend because she was actually sick um like crazy sick yeah. she found out her aunt died mm. um and and that messed her up right and so you know of course and there was some stuff that goes on that's gone on with with uh, her her aunt, right? Which again, I won't go into. Um, but there was a history for her of she was fighting fighting her you know mental demons, right? Uh, and she had sought out you know counseling and stuff like that. But she, you know, even so, she still ended up losing losing her battle with it. And uh, so you know, so immediately after my dad, you know, she deals with a loss of of her aunt, which they weren't crazy crazy close right but i mean for her like you know she might not talk to her family every day right but she still you know she still cares and, and you know and i'll say one thing she is she is latino so i mean their family even if they don't talk they still view them very very closely mm -hmm. um and so you know the loss of loss of her aunt was was really rough for her you know um and ever since then right she you know she she's she has, I mean, you know, and we've talked about it before. She's got her own demons that she's fighting, my wife. And she's now dealing with this fact that, like, people, you know, which was never a surprise, but people die. Mm. Um, and, and so, I it's mean. Never, it's never really a surprise until it actually, like, happens. Right, yeah. And that know? was the thing, too, like. It, it, you know, and I and I'm not gonna lie. Like, I knew, I knew when I was like, I was telling Pamela, so I was like, I was like, when I was 12 years old. Right. There was my dad used to try and wake me up to go fishing. My 
dad loved fishing. Oh my God, did my lo- dad love fishing? If there was one thing he needed to survive, it was oxygen and fish mm-hmm. uh, that he caught. Like he was, oh dude, right? But I remember when I was a kid, right? My dad used to wake me up before dawn. He's like, hey, you want to come with me? I'm going out in the lake and we're going fishing. Uh, and there'd be some times that I wouldn't, I would, like, I'm, like, I'm tired, dad. Like, I'm trying to sleep. Like, let me sleep, right? And I'd sleep <laughs> to like 10 or 11, right? My, by the time I woke up, dad was already back because he had gone out fishing for five hours, right? Uh, but I had, I remembered one day I was, I had told my dad no. And then I, like, it hit me. I was like, one day, and again, like, I'm like 12 years old. I was like, one day, dad's not going to be here. I'm going to regret saying no to going fishing with him because I'm never going to be able to do it again. Uh, and then from that day on, I actually always said yes uh, to go because I was like, I was like, I dude, it, it, it killed me. I'd like 12 years old. I was like, dude, I was like, I was like, that's a fucked up thought to have. But mm. I mean, it was, uh, and pardon my language as well. I, I know you, you, we are, we are beyond a, that by you're now. You're a but... heathen. <laughs> I, am, I am, I am, no, I'm just, I have no But I was like, dude, I was, you know, so I remember, I remember that. I remember, I remember thinking that. And, and so, like, I always tried to, you know, spend the time with my, you know, with dad, stuff like that. And, you know, like, there'd be t- days back when, you know, uh, gas wasn't so prohibitively expensive that he'd be like hey let's go out for a drive on like a random saturday like and we wouldn't go anywhere we just go for a drive Drive around yeah yeah like you know um and you know you know i'd go with him so like there was those times where he'd come and do it i mean it was uh i mean and so like i mean like i have i have good memories of my dad but it was just like hearing after he died the things that i didn't know the things that even like the the close his closest family did not know you know, because either he didn't talk to us about it or, you know, he hid it, right? Like, God knows that I didn't know my dad was a friggin' hero, like, you know, and, and like my dad was pretty humble. Like, he, 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 and I guess that's part of what it was. But, I mean, not knowing my dad was, and, you know, was crazy to me, you know. So, I mean, you know, I, you know, I'm going to take that as a lesson for me that, like, when I have a family, like, I, you know, regardless of, of kind of like how I feel, you know, like I'm going to want to talk to my kids, um, you know, my family and let, you know, ha- not, not necessarily hide stuff. Right. You know, I'm not going to tell them everything, but like be at least open enough that I could, you know, that if I were to go, they'd, they'd know just, ju- they'd know what they would need to, you know? Yeah. Um, but one of the other things I want to talk about, uh, because I told, Dan, I told Dan this when this happened, I, ca- I called him on my way home. So. How are you gonna tell? Are you gonna talk I'm about? I'm gonna tell the, the elevator uh... thing. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, okay. So, which and, and you know, because obviously I understand. Like, I, I you know, I just went on this whole tirade of no, but press, this is fu- this is funny though. Grieving stuff. Um. So buried my dad on Father's Day weekend, right? I come home. I came home that Monday, and that Tuesday I went back to work. And so I was, I was actually in in the in my office at the time, right? So I'd been walking around the building. I got in the elevator uh, to go to go upstairs to one of my offices, and so a guy comes in the elevator. Whoop to do? No, I don't care. Whatever. And he's like, "Hey, man, how's it going?" And I'm like, "Which, you know, I'm like, ugh, I gotta talk to people, ugh, right? On any given day, I don't want to talk to people." But he's like, "All right, fine. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll play nice." And I was like, "I was like, oh, I'm doing all right, you know, just take it day by day, whatever." And he's like, "Which usually, usually people are like, oh, okay, right? Like they just, you know, they just kind of leave it at that." This guy. 
Oh man, I felt so bad for him. This guy <laughs> pushed it. He pushed it. He was like, he's like, oh come on, man. It's you know, it like it's it's a holiday weekend. It was a long weekend. The weekend was gorgeous. Come on, man. Why why wouldn't you? It's like why you why aren't you happy? Like come on, dude. And I was like, I buried my dad this weekend. <laughs> like. There was no other way to say it. Like you can't soften that blow, uh, right? He like because he had pushed it. He's like, "Come on, man! Like, why wouldn't you be happy?" And I was like, "Right." I was like, "Dude, I'm a shit on this dude's day. <laughs> I'm a shit on his life." Uh, and like, I see him like I it's like I was like buried my dad this weekend. I see him like, oh, oh dude, like you just <laughs> see that look of like I bit off way too much, and like because and and he was like. And, like he toned down so quick, and like I didn't mean to shit on him that much. I was like, I was like, I felt bad for him, dude. He's like, he's like, oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, man. But you know, at least it was a good weekend. Like he was, he was trying to like sell me, <laughs> and like he just, he couldn't. And I was like, I was like, I, I told him, I was like, dude, I'm sorry to drop that on you, man. Like, I, I didn't mean to just do that. He's like, no, 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 don't worry about it, don't worry about it. Like, how you doing? You doing, you doing good? Like, and I was like. I was like, I'm doing, I'm doing all right, man. Like he, he died in March and I was doing, I'm doing better now, but like, and then he's like, okay, well, like, all right, well have a nice day. And, he, he and <laughs> I was like, like getting, he's like, I'm getting the fuck out of this situation. dude. <laughs> I, and I can tell you, I was telling him, I was, I was like, I was like, that man is never going to ask another person how their life <laughs> is going ever again. Cause like, dude, like the stars aligned. Cause most of the time you ask somebody like, Hey, how's it going? Right. And people are like, yeah, you know, I'm doing all right. I'm like, oh, I'm doing good. You know, like, yeah, I've been better. You get those answers. Like, yeah. And then, and then usually you don't push it, but he pushed it. And like, I was like, dude, you can't well, soften the blood. What am yeah. I going to do? Like, Oh yeah. I went to visit family at my dad's funeral this week. Uh, no, dude. I just, I buried my dad. Right? <laughs> oh my God. I buried my was, dad. Oh God. It was so funny. Like, I mean, it was dark. Right. But like, it was so funny because I felt so bad to just drop it <laughs> on this random dude in the elevator, man. Like, oh, dude, it was. I, I told, I told Pamela, I was like, dude, this dude's gonna go back to his wife. He's like, you're never gonna believe what happened to me today. Like, I was asking some dude, and he just shit on everything I did. Like, he's probably <laughs> new, that dude probably is never gonna talk about that experience ever again, just because he doesn't want to relive the embarrassment of what happened. Oh my god, dude, I felt like I truly felt bad for him. Like, I was like, my dad died, and I felt bad for him. Right? Like, I was just like. <laughs> Oh, dude, like, uh, it was so funny. Like, it like, just man, you're gonna hate this answer, but yeah, my dad. Yeah, I had to bury my dad. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, dude. But yeah. So and, and so and so, obviously, to to kind of wrap that up, the whole you know just depressing nonsense that I'm sure nobody wanted to hear and nobody wants to continue here. But so Brady and Chris uh, last week were talking about something, and Brady mentioned something um, that. I agree and disagree with, uh, and I would probably say everybody kind of would agree with it. He was talking about the phrase like suck it up buttercup, uh, and how men do this. And it's not exclusive to men by any means. Uh, it goes to anyone. Right. But like a lot of, you know, in, you know, as a men's mental health podcast, uh, and you know, with an emphasis on men, not to exclude women, but just the emphasis is that, so he was talking about how, uh, you know, like the phrase suck it up, buttercup. Like we don't say it. I'm not ever going to, you know, you're not ever going to come to me uh, with a problem, uh, you know, and say, you know, I'm not going to be like, dude, life sucks. Suck it up. I'm not going to ever do that. Right. Dan wouldn't do that. Chris wouldn't do that. Brady would never do it. Like we wouldn't do that. That's not how it is. Um, 
But unfortunately, and you know, so I've found over the last <laughs> six months, um, never going to tell you to suck it up. Um, but unfortunately, one of the just crappy things about life is that while it does suck, you know, you know, whether you're going through, you know, you're having, you're going through grieving, you're having just like a mental health crisis, uh, or just a bad day, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, no one's, most people would not tell you to say, suck it up. But unfortunately life doesn't stop for what, what you're going through. Right. Um, and you know, in, in the instances, so when, when Elsie died, um, both me and my wife were lucky enough to be able to take time off of work um, to grieve for, I mean, you know, for, for our dog. And then when my dad died, my wife and I were also again, lucky enough to grieve uh, and have time off to, to, to go do that. And then so were some of my family um, uh, to be able to do that. Right. Um, But outside of that life kept going. Um, and then, and, and Brady was talking about, you know, taking, taking days off from work if you can, right? Like, uh, again, not everybody is, is in a position where they can just be like, Hey, tomorrow I'm taking a mental health day. Right. Like I understand that boy, do I understand that? I know <laughs> Brady understands that Dan understands that like, dude, we, like, we get it. Like not everybody can do that. Right. Um, but, and, and I hear this, I hear this for, you know, periodically, uh, and I can tell you, I can tell you almost anybody will be able to agree with agree with this is that if you can take a mental health day and you need to take a mental health day take a mental health day right because so you know you know and and i understand people people got to work right but one of the things that i found with my work um and that's not it's not a knock on my coworkers or you know what they do or anything like that you know they felt bad you know like they reached out they would say hey i'm sorry to hear blah 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 but then it's back to work Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when it comes and it especially when it comes to your work and life and everything, right? Life's not going to stop. You know, if you have a bad day, life is not going to stop. Um, people are going to keep, you know, like, hey, where's that memo? Is it due? Like, hey, man, like, I need you to go back and do this, right? Like, you know, that like when it comes to when it comes to a company, right? Don't let the company be everything, especially if you need it, right? Like, if you need that day, you take that day because the company, the company, like, you die, I die. The next oh, day, we're, we're going to be replaced immediately. I mean, well, if not immediately, after a respectful time, and then the company Hopefully. is going to continue going. Yeah, you'd certainly hope. So. <laughs> um, uh, but like you know, you know that happens, right? People yeah. die, and you know the com- you know if you know depending on the company, company might take a day. Like, hey, everybody, take a day off. You know, we we lost a friend, a coworker, family member, right? Right, and then you know, see you on Monday at six, right? Like, just you know, whatever, right? Um, so. You know, and, and so, I mean, you know, like I said, we'll never say suck it up, right? But, like, you also have to know that the world's not going to stop turning for your crisis. Right. Like, you know, I think there's and, I think there's a difference between telling somebody to suck it up because you're being um, weak in, in, in your emotional uh, mindset and telling somebody that really the only option that we have is to just suck it up and endure it. Like, I think there's right. a difference between between that, like telling somebody who's actually going through a problem and an issue to just suck it up. That's not the right way to do that. But telling exactly. somebody yep. like acknowledging the situation 
and you know being respectful of what's going on and then understanding that like you know you may not have the luxury to take a day off so you like me i have the constant my battle in my own mind of i really don't like taking days off and i feel like if i do take a day off then i feel like i'm a bum but and i get that if, I'm you know I'm what i mean so for me it's just you know you deal with it you go through it and then just fucking wake up suck it up and just go to work and then you can deal with it later you know or deal with it while you're working or whatever you know what i mean but i think right. there's a big difference between looking at somebody and you saying like oh hey you know my dad passed away and be like oh hey well that sucks well suck it up come to work you know what i mean and there's a right, difference between yeah. me going man that really sucks you know like i feel for you da, 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 da. do you need anything um hey just to let you know you know, take some time but also just remember that we have things that need to get done still Right. Yeah. And that's not to say that like, you know, and more so now than ever, honestly, that's not to say that like, I wouldn't feel for somebody, right? Like I, I would, please do not, do not misinterpret what I'm trying to say. And maybe I'm saying it poorly, but like life will go on. And that's not to say you can't grieve. You can't take that time to, to center, recenter yourself and, and, you know, get back to a, a healthy place or whatever. Right. It's just, you know, like, you just gotta like, and it's it's finding that balance. And man, am I just not? <laughs> can I not balance things in my life? Let me tell you. Um, so like, I mean, and I had I had to deal I had to deal with that man. Like I you know, I went back to work, man, and it was just like it was like a zombie dude. Like I was sitting there, yeah. I was just doing it. And like my brother, he ended up telling me because he had just he had just gone through his mom mom passing. He was like, bro, he's like you're gonna he's like you're gonna be all right. You're gonna be doing okay. And you'd be like, I'm doing okay. And then you're going to see something and it's just going to shatter your world. Smack you in the face. Right. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And I can remember a specific week, um, a specific week that just crushed me mentally. Um, and forgive me, Dan, because a little bit of, the, bit of this is your business. Mm -hmm. um, but when you guys lost your dog, mm. um, when you guys lost a Hallie, I, so I, like, I felt for it. I was like, I was like, oh, dude, like, I, cause I just gone through it, right? Like, I was like, fuck, dude. I was like, that sucks. But then what ended up happening that, like, within a day, right? You guys had done that. I got a text from my boss. She was like, hey, one of your coworkers at work, he just lost his mom. Uh, and his, you know, his dad's going through some mental issues. Uh, and, and he's got to deal with that. And it like it hit me so bad because it was like the one, two, right? Like e e either one of those I probably would have dealt with. But it was like I had literally just gone through both of those situations. And it hit me so bad that it like straight up messed with me. Like like the last couple hours at work, I was just kind of sitting there. I was like – like I, I kind of like zoned out. I was just like – I was done. Like I was like – and that night like I was just – I was just wrecked. Like I couldn't – it was just one of those things, right? It, it's one of those, like, how much more can I fucking take emotionally? Because it's like, right. you're upset because you're still going through stuff. And now you're upset because your friend is going through stuff. And now you're upset because your coworker is going up is going through stuff. So it's like, you're upset for them and, the, and for them. And then you're upset for you. And you're just like, how the fuck am I supposed to do this? Yeah, it was, I mean, and, and like, dude, I'm telling you, like this whole, like, <laughs> I see like the last like six months, dude, like, Draining. oh my God. Yeah. it was, And so like, like I said, 
life-wise, life has been kind to me. Emotionally, it has been a shit show, yeah. right? Like, it just, you know, it, and it just periodically, like, I'll be, I'll be <laughs> going to the grocery store, and I'll just see an old man. And I'm just like, fuck me, dude. Like, like I just, like, I just, like, I like, take a moment, like, all right, <sighs> breathe, right? Like, you know, like, and it's just... It's rough, dude. Like, and so I, I, I get it, right? And so it's just like, you know. So this, I mean, and again, I, I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm not looking for pity. I'm just trying to relate my experience yeah, to everyone. Yeah, yeah. That like, dude, everyone goes through you, some shit, and there's just different ways of, of coping with it. It's yeah, like, there's you know? and there's people who are gonna grieve the way that they're gonna want to grieve, and I don't. I personally believe that you don't have to justify the way that you're grieving unless you're doing something that is harmful to you or to somebody else. Like if you are diving deep into like alcohol, we need to have a talk, right? Like I get right. it, you know, a day or so everybody kind of sometimes goes on a little bit of a bender. There's nothing wrong with that. If, unless you take it too far, right? Some people just <laughs> need stuff. Right. But I found that, you know, and I found this after like my brother passed, I don't remember taking days off of work. Like I think I took the week cause it happened on a Friday or Saturday. It happened on a, and I kind of just took the weekend and then went back to work. Right. Like right. I still went to go play flag football. Like I, my thing was I needed to stay busy because as long as I stayed busy, I didn't have to deal with it, which was and I get that. Not yeah. The right a, way to do that, by the way, no, not necessarily. <laughs> I agree with you on that. So, uh, well, I, I did it specifically so I didn't have to deal with it. Like I knew I needed to, and I was like, oh no, I have to go do this now. So I don't have time no, to deal I mean, with this. That's a, that is a valid coping mechanism. Um, I mean, we always, I mean, you hear about the five stages of grief and I could not name you them. So, you know, don't, don't ask me, um, <laughs> but like, so, you know, when my, uh, my buddy, uh, Capice, he ended up dying a couple years ago. Um, Right at the end of March, and then my mom ended up dying at the end of March, and my dad ended up in the end of March. March is not a good month for me. Uh, anyways, um, so that's that's when my brother passed too. It was in March. Yeah, March is not. March kind of sucks, I guess. It really does. It really <laughs> does. But anyway, so like when my my buddy Capice died, I I found out on April first, which first and foremost, I straight up thought, what uh one uh one of my other buddies, he called me, he's like, hey man, Capice is dead, and I was like. Bro, this is the shittiest April Fool's joke you've ever played. Yeah, like April Fool's. And he's like, "Oh, dude, I didn't even know." And I was like, "Are you for real right now?" And he's like, "Yeah, right." And then you know he explains to me what happened and stuff like that. I still like I was I was doing some schoolwork at the time. I mean, I stopped doing schoolwork, right? But I still went to work that day. Uh, I went to work and I I worked right. Um, and then the next day, uh, while I was at work, um. I asked uh, some of my coworkers. I was kind of trying to align the schedule correctly. I was like, "Hey, he's like, you guys mind if I take some time off? A buddy of mine just died." And, you know, and one of my coworkers was like, "Oh, I'm sorry to hear that." She asked me, "She's like, when did he die?" And I was like, "I guess he died yesterday, or you know, or whatever." Uh, and she's like, "Or she's like, what did you find out? Like, what happened?" I was like, "Oh, I found out yesterday that he died. You know, you know, whatever day of the day of the week it was." And she's like, "What you knew yesterday?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he was, and she was like, "Why did you show up to work?" And I was like, I just, what else I just am needed I something do? to do. Yeah, like, right? what else like, am I going to do? Sit at home and just... Exactly. I was like, I mean, and like, don't get me wrong. Like, the next couple of days, I sat at home and I did nothing, right? Right. But like, that day, I needed I needed that time, 
um like or, or that routine you know yeah. um of the things like things that are, it's not like normal right in your life because obviously finding out stuff like that was not normal but it was I, I just needed that routine so i would disagree with you is that like there are times where you need that routine like you find out if you're grieving or whatever like sometimes you just need that stability of like hey like okay yeah this sucks but like life goes on, right? For you, like you went to flag football, right? Like some of the things that make you happy, you're like, these are the things that I know I can count on, you know, that will continue going. Yeah, you know? but see, I think I think the difference was is that you acknowledged the situation and I refuse to acknowledge it. And that's is a fair that point. Sense, right? Yeah, no, so that's, that's a fair point. I went to work to put it out of my mind so I didn't have to think about it. And then I went to go play football and, and baseball to put it out of my mind so I didn't have to think about it. But in reality, I was, uh, I was pissed. Like I was, I was angry and people yeah, knew well, and, 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 and people would ask and I just wouldn't say anything to them, you know, and they're just kind of getting that hint that like, okay, we're going to, we're going to step away from Dan for a little bit. And they could tell that, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't okay, but nobody had any idea because I wouldn't say anything. And then the only times that I would actually ever deal with anything is the times that I would go to sleep, which was very rare. And it was, you know, not often. And I didn't want to go to sleep or be, try to go to bed because that's when everything would shut down and I would have to deal with everything going inside. So that's when I would drink all the time, because then if you pass out from drinking, you're not going to remember anything. So then you wake up the right. next morning. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, and and like, so it's, it's, I mean, again, I'm not a medical professional, nor would I even pretend to be one, because no one would believe me. But I do know, like, so like for for grief, right? What you're saying, like that, you know, let me be psychoanalyze it real quick, uh, you know, humbly, uh, in my non-medical expert opinion. Um, the you were talking, what you're talking about, like you went to it to for like because you were denial, you were denying. You're like, no, I don't friggin' think so. Like this is not real life. Um, and so like, I mean, and that's that's how people grieve, man. Like just. Mm -hmm. It sucks. I mean, I mean, who am I to tell you that? Uh, yeah. Sucks, right. Yeah. Like, but, and then it's like when I, I'd say, you know, there is a point where uh, there is a line that you come to when you deal with, with grief that you almost have a realization of, of clarity and you either decide either you're going to cross that line and, basically say fuck it or you're going to stop and hold at the line and realize that like you're not okay and it's time to do something about it i came through that line and we just kept on going like there was no slowing down it was just on the train and we fucking busted through it like i was like oh wave as you go by like yeah there's nothing there and then that's when i think when you cross that line that's where you really start coming into those uh, long-term battles and problems and issues because now you have compacted everything and you've normalized the idea of, you know, we say it's okay to not be okay, but you've actually normalized the idea of just not being okay. And that's just how you are right. now. And then you try to find a way to dig out of it and trying to dig out of it is harder than just dealing with what you have to deal with you know digging out of it is harder than just hanging out with your demons for the day oh yeah i mean and yeah absolutely dude like and and because here because here's the thing right so like and because everybody goes through this crap differently uh, like you, and you that's that goes without saying whether you know 
like for for me it's grieving you know but like for everyone everything is is different in some manner right you know what happens to me like i could have you know my you know I don't even know how to give an example. Something happens to me, right? I'll be like, oh, okay, whatever, right? But what happens mm-hmm. to you could like literally just break you mentally. You're like, God, this is just the cherry on top, right? Like just, you know, whatever. Like everyone goes through it differently, right? So for me, um, I went through my grief and my wife did not understand how I was grieving. Um, because for me, Which, I was- To in- be fair, it's hard to understand sometimes. Yes, it is very hard to understand me. I am enigmatic. Not you. Um, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to understand grief when right, right. You're right. not the one going through it. You because know, I mean? you're exactly. on the sidelines going through it. I mean, well, there's that, and then everyone goes through it differently, right? Mm-hmm. Like for for so for example, like my wife, she thought that I wasn't grieving for when when we lost Elsie. Um, she thought I wasn't grieving for it for for her uh when in fact i i was absolutely i was just torn up but for me i was able to compartmentalize it enough so that like because for me what ended up happening was i had to shift focus because i was like it wrecked her it wrecked her something bad um and i had to focus on her mm-hmm. right and so i mean i mean i'm sure she'll be upset when she hears this but i had to set aside <laughs> my grief for the time I was like, I have to, I have to take care of my wife because I mean, you know, love, I love Elsie, but she's not here anymore. Right. My wife is here. I have to take care of her. And this is one of the things that I know a lot of men will recognize. Uh, and then, you know, I'm sure women will recognize it as well. Like, it's like, there are times where you got to set aside how you feel to help your significant other, your family, whoever, right. Your kids. I mean, and so like I had to set it aside, you know, how I felt um, and I would, I, you know, so because I had to take care of her. She was she was having a rough time of it. If I got emotional, she'd get twice as emotional because she's feeling it for her and and me because she responds to how I feel emotionally. Um, and so like I'd have I mean, I would try to be strong for her and stuff like that. And then when I would grieve, like I would be grieving in private. Um, you know, like lost count of how many times I was crying in the shower, man. Like just, oh, I, you know, yeah, I've, I've been there. I know I was the same way when, uh, when my brother died, it was everybody else over me. Um, when, you know, Taylor and I were going through, uh, you know, our struggles with having a family, it was the same way. It was her first over me. Like right. I didn't, I put it aside and, you know, it, it's I hate, I don't want to use like a cliche phrase, but it's almost like it's kind of in your DNA as a man to do that. Like, it's almost like a, like a natural reaction to just be like, well, fuck it. I'll be fine. But let's worry about everybody else. Well, I mean, it's something like that. I, you know, I'd probably say it's probably more of a cultural thing, you know, like, whereas, you know, for I would say most of history, and again, I'm not an expert in really anything except giving inexpert opinions. <laughs> but um, a lot, like the the man has been the protector of the family most of the time, right? And so you know we're we're transitioning to where it's becoming a little bit more equal nowadays mm-hmm. in terms of you know everything, right? We, you know men don't have to take you know like I go 
grog get meat you know like that's not <laughs> we don't, we don't do that anymore no. right so like but you see so plenty of women that go that do that now too like they right. they they'll so hunt or they'll protect themselves and right it's so like it, it's i would say it's more of a cultural thing where like most men kind of like well it's my job to take care of my family right and i mean i mean don't get me wrong like it am is. i gonna take that role absolutely dude like yeah. you're not gonna tell me like i like i want to be there i want to i want to make sure my family's right. provided for it. but like you kind of set yourself aside but one of the things i will say is right so like i i set my grief aside for to take care of my wife uh but one of the things that ended up happening too is that once she kind of started like recentering and coming back to like and kind of coming to, to an acceptance, right? Like obviously she wasn't happy still, but once she kind of like came back and was like kind of came through of like the whole like, well, she is gone, you know, you kind of have to keep moving forward with life. You can't just stagnate, um, you know, because she is gone, right? Once she ended up getting better and she was, she was fine, so to speak, um, it was then my turn to grieve. Uh, and so there was, there was a number of nights where I actually did. So we'd be sitting there and then I would just, I would start crying and then she'd be, she'd be there to help me out, you know? So, I mean, uh, so like there is something, there is something for that, right? Like, yeah, you can set aside your grief, right? But you can't forget about it. That's, that's the big, that's the important part of it. Cause like you do need to grieve, right? Like you do need to come to, a, to an acceptance of like, this is reality now, you know, like, like, you know, like, Hey, a loved one is gone, right? Like damn it sucks it's like but that's what happens right you yep. know so like yep. you have to you have to come to to your own acceptance whatever whatever they that may be you know and like dan was saying it's like i i he's like as you know everyone does it differently but as long as you're you know you're not harming yourself or others like that's that's the important part of it and i will say because kind of kind of can me laugh um so when my the week my dad died in march um, we had grabbed a bunch, you know, we grabbed a bunch of stuff and like, we went to the funeral home to, to, to do the, do the arrangements and stuff and everything. Um, that night, like we left the funeral home and we were like, we, you know, and so like we walked out of the funeral home, we we're in the parking lot of the funeral home. Um, and my sister and my brother and I were like, just standing there like with, you know, my wife and, and his wife and we're sitting there like, and my sister like chimes in. She's like, let's hit the liquor store tonight. <laughs> and everyone's like yeah yeah so, yep. and so we went we so and so like that night we went we hit up we hit up a liquor store I and mean, we were in a hotel so we like we just we walked in with like bottles of booze we're like <laughs> let's go and so we ended up drinking and sharing stories don't and mind like me that. my dad just died don't mind me well that was the thing too is like i was like look anybody's gonna come in and be like our dad died today like just yeah, walk away, bud. <laughs> Take the L. Nah, I'm good. You know? Bye. But like, and and so we actually, I mean, I will say is like we didn't actually get plastered by any means, right? Because I mean, we were, and like I wouldn't even say we were abusing it by any means, right? Like, because I mean, you know, I frown upon you know drinking too hard for myself personally. Um, but like, you know, we but were. We, we know what you like to drink, and it's hard to drink hard when you drink. I enjoy my fruity drinks. Thank you, you very do. much. You do. I'm just saying, pointing that out. Dan's there. over here, like, God damn it, you don't like the fucking whiskey, like. And I'm like, yeah, I can't stand the whiskey, and I'll say it loud and proud, like, give me a strawberry daiquiri any day, bud. Like, let me tell you, it's like, dude, I I love not. Anyways, <laughs> get off driving. But yeah, so like, you know, it was, you know, so you know, we we went and you know, we 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 drank a bit that night, you know, and we ended up doing the same thing uh, when. 
uh, for, for my dad's funeral, you know, like it was just like, you know, and it was, to be honest, it was kind of funny because we were like, oh yeah, we're getting messed up tonight. And then we like barely drank. I mean, really like, you know, like it was just kind of, I mean, it was kind of funny, you know, and like we, you know, we were just, we just did it. Cause I mean, like it was, it was kind of a coping mechanism to a certain extent. Right. But we didn't make it like to an, take it to an extreme. But I mean, like I said, dude, everyone grieves in a different way and everyone copes in a different way. And as long as it's not like terribly unhealthy, you know, like it can be okay to do it from time to time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people, some of us don't want to talk and that's how you grieve. And I think that's okay. I think you just have to recognize that sometimes we fight silently and Yep. I, there are signs for that. And I think when you see that or you pick up on that, just let them be and let them let them because, I, you know, I'm not trying to minimize anything, but people that can people that can do that quietly in their mind and not uh, vocally or, you know, not be destructive and they can keep do that in their heads. That is, that is a battle that is not really, um, inviting for somebody else to get into the middle of. That is something that is a lot harder than you think it is. And again, I'm not minimizing anything. I'm just, I'm just saying that that is a battle that is intensified by like tenfold. If you're doing it yeah. silently yeah. And to, to add to that, you know, like, absolutely like if you know if they don't want you you know they don't want you in there they don't want you in there but being there and being like hey i'm you know just uh -huh. i'm here i'm here to support uh -huh. you you know like uh -huh. whether or not you talk to me or not i'm that's right I'm here for that, you know and honestly you you i mean you guys listen and and you hear brady and i you know there's things that we talk about on here and there's things that we talk about privately that we don't bring up in the show and some of it is because we just chose not to or there's some of it is because we're not ready to or you know that's just uh you know like a heart to heart type of thing that you know for some reason we just decide not to talk about it on the podcast, but there are some things that we do talk about that make it onto the show. And I'm sure eventually some of that stuff will too, but a lot of it is, Hey man, like you good. It'll be like, no talk about what's going on. And then it'll be like, I just don't really, you know, I, I you know, it is what it is. You know, it, I, it is what it is, whatever. I'm just, you know, I'll deal with it. Just suck it up and I'll deal with it. Right. And it's kind of one of those, again one of those clarifications of telling somebody to suck it up and understanding that like life isn't going to end right now and stop i need to keep going and pushing forward and i'll just deal with it when i deal with it type of thing but it's that just kind of knowing like all right man well you know if you need something right and everybody i think at this point understands that brady for sure and for me uh because he calls me out on this shit all the time i you know there is never a following up conversation about it. It's it's yep. And then it's, it's moving on, you know what I mean? But knowing that you have that outlet and the ability to reach out, if you need to, you can, you know, and he's done it for me plenty of times, you know, he's in the middle of work and maybe has dropped everything for 10 minutes to talk to me about something because, you know, something really fucking bothering me and I've done it for him. And, I think it's a lot of it is uh, just knowing that you have somebody there because, and we talked about this before in a podcast, you know, everybody's like, somebody will talk about they're struggling and you always see these comments like, Hey, like you're loved and this and that and da da da. 
I think what people don't understand, and it's hard to understand it if you don't go through it or you haven't yeah. gone through it. What I think those people like, and I get it, like you're like people, you're just trying to help. Like you want them to know that you care. People who are at that point in their life, they understand, like they know that there are people that care about them. They know that there's people that love them. They just don't care about themselves enough to act on it. Like there's, they know that it's there. That's not the issue. It's loving themselves enough to under, like to accept what's coming to them. So when you say, you know, we're here for you, we love you, like everybody loves you, blah, 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 blah. We get that. Like we understand that. That's not the problem. It's loving myself enough to, uh, to accept all that, that you're offering. So, yeah. you know, and it's, so it's, it's nice to, it's, we know that it's there, but it's also nice when, it's also nice when somebody understands that you're going through it quietly and they respect that boundary. And I think that's one of the biggest parts about battling through stuff through mental health is it's not necessarily pushing to help somebody because you can't fix the situation. You can only endure this situation. Right. And I think the biggest part about that is, respecting that boundary and i think that actually is what helps people the most because then you know they're there and they didn't push you to try to talk about it but they suddenly remind you hey if you're ready to talk about it i'm here and then yeah, they that just silent let go. support goes goes yeah. light years man like and that, and that was kind of the thing with me and my wife during this so like i you know i knew people i mean I, you know and i had i had people you know i'm lucky enough that people like me enough that they were like, Hey man, like, like you want to talk about it, talk about it. You know, let me know, you know, like they didn't push, you know, but yeah. they're like, I'm here. If you need to. Yeah. Uh, I had, I had a number of people, uh, that, that told me that, um, most of them, I would probably say most of them were at work. Um, you know, and my family obviously knew what was going on. And then I got like three friends, Dan being two of them, <laughs> just like, I do, I don't have, I don't have any friends. Right. But it's just like, it, I tried know, to not push. I mean, no, I just, no, 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 no. I put you it got, out there you and, you know, uh, shout out to Taylor. I'm sorry to Dan, uh, uh, for making me that lasagna. No, uh, that was Taylor. Uh, it's bomb though. Ain't it? I know. So, so to, for background, um, uh, Dan actually mentioned that he didn't call me out. Uh, but during the podcast, he mentioned that me a couple, a few episodes back, back at the beginning of the year that we were going through a tough time. Uh, and both of you came out with a care package and just dropped it off a homemade lasagna, which was excellent. Like some tea and, you know, some of the other stuff like that. It was, it was awesome. It was very, very much appreciated. Um, I mean, it, like, it was just great to, you know, it, it like, like we were talking about, like, it's great to know that someone was there and that they cared enough to just be like, Hey, we're here to support, but we're not going to push. You know, right. like just knowing that was great. Like we weren't at the point where we wanted to talk about it at the time, but you know, well, kind of, I think we kind of were, but I, I don't really, I don't remember, but anyway, yeah. it was nice to know that there was somebody there, you know? Yeah. And it goes and, a long and, way, you know? And my wife is definitely the care package type, which is great. And she does phenomenal in the care packages. Right. Yeah, and like phenomenal. And I'm more of the like, Hey, let's go blow some shit up. Let's go. Like, let's go send some fucking, Let's let's go send some rounds down range and just fucking let loose. But yeah, you know, I mean, but not with these fuel prices and ammo prices. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> no, yeah, it's. I mean, 
metaphor. Let's go. Let's go in some uh, Call of Duty, bro. Like, <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah I go. mean, it's just you know, and and not everybody's gonna have that support system, you know, or the capabilities of doing that. But at least, at least, you know, offering your your emotional support to someone can do wonders, mm-hmm. or, or having someone do it to you. Uh, like, I mean, it's just it was a lot. Um, for personally for me like the last few months were were a lot uh to go through but like knowing that there's you know friends and family that like would be there is is nice and again not everybody has that opportunity you know have to have a truly healthy support system for them you know for one reason or another um and it's just knowing that those that are close to you they do care um and depending on what you're going through, they may or may not be able to re- understand, uh, you know, that you need the help or what type of help you need. Because uh, I know, I know for my wife, when she was going through her her mental health issues, uh, her family was not understanding about what it was, um, and so the help that they offered was not helpful. Uh, and it wasn't out of maliciousness. It was just, they just legit did not understand what she needed at the time. Right. Um, you know, so that's, and those things can change. Like what you need in that moment can change. It can be different yeah. than something else. And I will just say this, uh, nobody's a mind reader and don't just assume that your you or your spouse know what you need at that time. And as hard as it may be, you, you got to try to communicate the best that you can to let them know, like, this is what I need at this time. This is, you know, this is what's going to help me. This is what's not, you know, and then allow them to uh, allow them to take the lead on that. And I understand that when you go through grief, that frustrations and headbutting can happen often it's not anybody's fault and it you're not upset with each other. You're just really upset at the situation because it's a shitty situation to be in. So I, when you going th- me personally, I'm just saying when you going through grief, cause I, I do it and I, I need to not do it myself is uh, make sure that you are still communicating and have an open line of communication. And also understand too that sometimes when you go to talk to people and this is one of the other parts where I need to get better at because Brady and I've talked about this before too is sometimes a person that you're trying to lean on may not be emotionally available to accept the things that you're about to say like it's not that they don't care it's just they might have some other things going on themselves and it's you know so be upfront with them it's like hey I understand you're going through something I'm kind of processing something, uh, you know, I'm going to circle back and make sure that we talk about this type of thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I a hundred percent agree because one of the things that I found, uh, and I find more and more every day and I don't, what I truly think that people don't understand, uh, a lot of people don't understand. Some will, some will obviously understand it is that literally everyone has got some shit going on. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, whether it's in life or whether it's a mental thing, like everyone <laughs> as an adult, it's 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 truly amazing. It's like, dude, everyone's messed up. Everyone's messed up from yeah. something. Right. You know, whether it's big, small, everyone's messed up from something. Right. And knowing that like some people, some people tend to forget. Some people pretend that it's not real. 
you know, that other people aren't suffering and whatever and stuff like that. Uh, some people pretend that they aren't suffering themselves, right? Like, I mean, everyone, like, I find it more and more. Dude, the more I talk to people, the more I'm like, yo, we are all messed up. Like, we are a little fucked up. fucked up, right? Like, we're all a little you fucked know, up. like, you know, so I mean, it's coming to terms with it and then kind of like learning to understand just that everybody's going through something at any given moment. You know, they can be going through something, they might be going something, they might have just come, come from something, they might be going into something, right? Like, it's just, you know, being, being understanding, you know, for yourself and others goes, will, I think, help out. You know, I mean, yeah, like <laughs> we, I got, we got, we got a couple of minutes and then we can wrap up, but this has been a longer episode, which is fine. I don't actually have a problem with that. Sometimes I like the longer episodes cause it, you that dive in like Braden and I have a tendency to, to like dive into shit towards the end of an episode and it'd be like really good shit to talk about. And then it's like, all right, bye. <laughs> it's like a, yeah. like a cliffhanger. You open the door, it's like, take all right, I'm out. <laughs> You're like, wait, 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 no. Can you guys come back? Like, God damn it. And like, all right, we'll talk about it next week. You're like, son of a bitch. I gotta wait two weeks for this shit. But, right. um, you know, I, so like yesterday, I Taylor and I have been discussing some stuff because there was a situation um, at work yesterday that, um, what's an, what's a good way to put this? I almost died and uh, we're kind of battling through that right now. Um, more, more so me. I mean, she's terrified, but I'm still kind of processing it a little bit. So there was a situation where uh, I was in a dump truck for the yard and they, I went under a offloading silo that just drops asphalt. Right. And somebody, uh, not naming names for anything, but somebody opened up a safety gate to the silo that was in front of me. And you're not supposed to open them until the truck is directly underneath the silo, uh, opened it up and dropped about a ton of hot asphalt on the windshield of the truck. And it cracked the windshield and dented the hood up. Um, and the silo that was, it's just like one, two, three stacked, you know, in line. The silo that I was under uh, has dried up material. So we've been doing stuff to like knock it out. And these big, massive chunks come out. I mean, like massive. And I quickly realized that if I was under that one and he opened up the safety gate, the giant fucking boulder of rock would have fallen through the windshield and probably impaled my chest. And uh, we're having a little bit of an issue with that in our household right now because Taylor is also paranoid because a guy at the landfill who like just started, there was like a freak accident and he ended up yep. dying. I think you saw the article for that. Yeah. That um, was, yeah. Yeah. So we we're kind of in this awkward balance right now because she doesn't, I don't think she really wants me to go back to work and I'm like, holy and I'm like, holy shit, I almost died. And then the other side of me is like, no, fuck this shit. Like, I'm not, I can't like put myself at risk. Like, what, what's the point of making money if I'm just going to die? Right. And this is also the third time this has happened to me. Well, the second time to me, one to a customer. So I'm kind of like, fuck, this is dangerous. And it is dangerous. Like, we go through like mine safety. So, like, quarries and like coal mine stuff. So we go through mines like safety like that to, learn how to not die on the job site. <laughs> and uh, she's kind of now at this point where it's like, I don't really want you to work there anymore. And 
I'm kind of like, well, we have bills to pay and I have a four month old, so I can't really like quit, but I'm also like, holy shit, I almost died. Yeah, that's, that's, and, and, and that's like, I mean, fuck, like first and foremost, holy shit, right? But one of the other things is too, is like, this is one of those situations where it's like, it, this is kind of like almost exactly what we're talking about. You're like, whoa, like we can't do this anymore. And then, you know, the next thing that comes on is like, what's the alternative, right? Like, like, mm-hmm. how do you, you know, it's like, how, mm-hmm. you know, like, you're right. Like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, look, and this would I, be a, com- this would be a completely yeah. different story if it was like, if I was like a police officer or a firefighter, it's so like you signed up knowing that your life is on the line almost every single day, right? That would be a little bit easier for me to uh, process and understand because I know that going in every day, this is something that I have to deal with, right? Or being in the military, like it's something that you, it's just part of the the job, right? This is not part of the job. This was a freak accident. I get that, but it's at the same time, it's like you hear, like even when we were going through safety training, we watched videos and firsthand accounts of people who are in these situations of people dying, like getting caught up in machinery and stuff like that. And they're like, they said they're, they said like X amount, I forgot what the number was of people die at like asphalt plants every year. I'm like, Holy fucking shit. And I didn't tell her any of the bad stuff when I started this job. Now it's kind of hard to not tell her because it's painfully obvious that there's some wild shit that happens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it definitely ends up being one of those situations where you kind of have to balance it. And then, and again, it's not it's not like it's one of those like, oh yeah, I'll just do this instead of that, right? Like it's it's complicated. There's layers to it. I mean, you know, like yeah, sure, you could not work there anymore. That's easy. Okay, yeah, how are you gonna pay your bills? Like exactly, it's multi layered problems, you know. And it's just finding that balance, which is, which is like just more and more difficult the more crap that gets involved you know and the, like, and the hardest part about that too is it took me long enough to i was i took my time finding the right job to get out of where i was at and they pursued me and i wanted this job so the harder part is leaving the job that you wanted to take and then going well I left my old job to take this job because I wanted this one. I didn't just take it to take it. Like I wanted this job. And then it's kind of like, Oh shit. Now if I leave, it's like, did you like fail? Like, are you failing yourself? Are you failing your family? Or, you know, cause you are the one who decided to take this job. Like you accepted this. So, you know, I don't, if you Again, get one, it comes, it comes down to the balance of like, yeah. you accepted this, right. But like you also accept accepted that there wasn't gonna be undue risk yep. involved with it. You know, like obviously there's some and everyone everyone oh, yeah. comes to terms on on, you know, what you know, basically what risk if they're willing to take at a job, whether it's like an office job where there's like a literal minimal risk, or up to firefighters, first responders, police, right? Where you there's a high level of risk, right? You know, and yours is sounds like based off I mean, I'm not I don't, I don't, I mean, based off of what you're telling me is that like, it's on the higher end of the spectrum, right? Some like, days, what yeah. Up, well, not, yeah, exactly. Right. So like, it's, it ends up being like, what's, what's that, what's that balance that you're going to do, you know? Um, and I'm sorry to hear that that should happen. I hope that it never happens again. And a certain four letter agency 
specifically involved with workers' rights. Um, <laughs> reminds with reminds me with like Bosha, Hosha, Bosha, something <laughs> like that gets involved. I don't know. Well, right? I just you know the, it's yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say the part that really kind of pissed me off was that. After it happened, there was no apology. It was like, oh, shit happens. I'm like, no, sh like, I understand shit happens, but like that shit never should happen. Like you, right, right. you, you know, you're the one that's running this shit. You're safe. Like everybody's safety is in your hands. That shouldn't fucking happen. And right. then it was towards the end of the day. It was like, oh, we're not going to talk about that. Like that never happened. We're done with it. We're squashing it. Like nobody talk about that situation anymore. And I'm like, no, you're sweeping it under the rug. We're not doing right. that. Which is, which is unacceptable. Yeah. We're not doing that. You're going to fucking kill somebody, dude. So yeah. Yeah. No, we'll that's see. not, that's not, but I am, we are teetering on that line of me basically being like, yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. Like I, it's not worth, it's not worth it, but we'll see. Yeah. I get that. I do like I the job that. and I like the people that I work with. I would choose this over the last place any day of the week, but yeah, yeah, that and, was and a little bit eye opening. Be, there's something to be said about that for helping your mental health as well. Um, you know, having a having the right job, at, which because I mean, dude, I in case anybody doesn't know, I listen to this podcast every single episode. You do, uh, and you honestly Dan, do. Dan says that as long as there's one person. Uh, we're listening to this podcast <laughs> up, and I will be that one person. I you, will always do that. And you actually give a shit for not putting out weekly episodes or I you do. give a shit for being late on. on I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I was a little upset when you guys went from weekly to biweekly. Um, I'll allow it uh, only because I <laughs> have a newborn. Um, however, once she becomes like mobile, uh, oh, that would be different. very in very short order. Yeah, uh, apparently, apparently. Um, I'll expect better updates uh, and we can go back to this uh, weekly weekly podcast. I'm thinking what we're going to do, though, is I haven't talked to Brady about it yet, but I want to is have a segment where it's us and the kids on the podcast for a few moments and then back to, you know, everything as usual. Oh, that'll be a fun one. That'll that be a fun be one. Fun, right? Penny's cute. But, uh, I like. I like. I like hearing it. I like hearing the outro when you guys are doing it. Like, oh, like I'm Dan. I'm Brady. I'm, I'm Penny. Like, yeah. like, just it's awesome. I'm not gonna I, lie. I fucking love that. You got uh So you got anything else before we uh, wrap up here? No, no. I think I've. Uh, I think I'm. I'm. I'm done dumping uh, my, all my problems on everyone else. Do for you now. feel better? I mean, you know, yeah, it's nice to talk about it a little bit. I'm sure my wife will give me some shit for not talking to her about it. But hey, yeah. You know. But the important part is like this that you you wanted to do this. And I think that having somebody reach out and being like, I really want to talk about something, hopefully will open up a doorway for other people that listen. Because, I mean, we have a steady amount of people that listen. To kind of be like, oh shit, I want to talk about something, you know, and yeah. and that's kind of what we're doing this for. Like we go out and we try to find guests and we still have a list of people and it's kind of just like finding the time because some people are on the East Coast, some are on the West Coast. We're trying to, you know, find a time to do it. Um, and we're still in contact with those people and they'll they're going to come on at some point this year. Like that's a guarantee, but uh, it's hopefully this opens the door to allow other people to kind of be like 
hey, like I got a story that I want to talk about, you know, or I got something that, you know, I want to get your guys' opinions on, or let's just have a, a, a little sesh here and just chat about something. I hope that this opens that door because Brady and I can talk all day. You and I can talk about this stuff all day, right? Chris too, like, but it, I think it does more for the community when somebody else sees somebody being okay with talking about their story and then them being like, hey, I can do this or I can go on and talk about this and this will help me open up some. Right. Uh, and to steal a little bit of your thunder, like one of the specific things that you say all the time is it's okay to not be okay. Uh, and that's one of those things that's kind of that kind of like comes in every once in a while in my head when this last over the last few months that it's just, you know, like it, it happens. It happens to everyone. Everyone has those days, weeks or even months, you know, like where it's just it's rough, you know, um, and. I mean, again, I wasn't really looking for the sympathy, you know, for everyone, you know, um, but I, I was more of a, you know, kind of an explanation of like, these are my experiences, right? This is what I think, right? And these are some of the things that how I relate to the stuff I hear, you know, you know, through, you know, the internet and you guys and everything. So, you know, I appreciate you letting me vent so much crap all over you. <laughs> you know, dump all my problems on you. At you least know? I'm but not hey, that, I, hey, at least I'm not that guy in the elevator. Oh my god, I felt so bad. I still feel really bad. I see him in the hallways. I just <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to get you back on soon again because I didn't realize it's been since Christmas. It has been since Christmas. I which think. Was I think. Awesome. That was an awesome episode too. That, that was, was so very, fun. Very nice. We'll that was that so again. fun. Well, uh, Seth, I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, I hope this helped a little bit. Yep, absolutely. I you appreciate know. you uh, you having me. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, I also know that our wives are out around on the town. Actually, I think mine's on my way on the way home. So like and what I heard from what I heard was that um, my child suckered your wife into buying her a toy. So see, I think I think I think it might be the other way around on that one, to be honest. You think you think I, I, I do. I do believe that emphatically, <laughs> emphatically. <laughs> Well, my wife sucker your child into wanting to play. <laughs> uh, I mean, she's a cute kid. What can I say? Thank God she looks yeah. like her mom. Yeah. Except for the feet. Think... All right, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but this has been another episode of Men in Your Life, Unapologetically Human. I am Dan. That is Seth. Um, I think uh, maybe next week or the week after we'll have the band back together and we'll, you know, Brady, Brady and I have got some stuff that we had uh, talked about a few weeks ago that um, we, we kind of want to dive into. And I, this is going to be more of one of those uh, probably grab a couple beers and maybe a bottle of something and, and kind of just strap on tight type of episodes because there's, there's some shit that we really want to bounce off one another and get out there. And there's some things that, you know, I've been battling through and some things Brady's been going through and it's going to be one of those, uh, rougher episodes, I think. And I think also in, in, uh, fashion that we do, we like to minimize the pain by making jokes about things. So that's, uh, you know, that's going to be one of those, I think it's going to be one of those episodes, but, um, again uh thanks for joining us also if you haven't yet um 
please uh, like or follow the Facebook page. Please um, subscribe on whatever or like or whatever it is that you listen to the podcast on. Um, it's not necessarily for like ratings purposes, but what it does is it helps us get into the algorithm for people who listen to like-minded podcasts or say they're Googling stuff and they're going to group pages and stuff like that. Um, we don't make any money off of this. Uh, we never have. Um, so we don't pay for promotions because we just kind of rely on you guys and you guys have done a really good job because we seem to keep getting more and more likes and more uh views and more follows every couple of weeks even though it's only like one or two people at a time which is perfectly fine um by doing all the subscription not the subscribe the uh, subscribing and the liking and the sharing and the following it helps us get seen more on social media platforms and you know like i said we don't do this for us we're doing it for you guys and hopefully that you know we help somebody out there and um that's the, that's the only thing we can hope for like seth said as long as there's one person listening even if it's seth we're going to continue to do this so uh i hope everybody one last has... shout out yeah to the newly launched 988 yeah number in the united yeah. states Remember, good call uh, and uh, if, yeah and yeah. make sure if you know we you know we're trying to spread around make sure you're spreading around as well right because maybe not everyone has heard about it uh and you know i'll i'll say that it, it, it to me it seems like a phenomenal resource uh and you know something that's long overdue and now that it's out i think it's important that it, that information gets shared so again yeah. 988 in the united states spread that shit you're pretty good at this you're I'm a little not. bit better i'm a little rusty because we got so good at doing this every once a week i'm kind of i need to get back on it but anyway so uh again this is uh, another episode of men in your life unapologetically human uh remember it is okay to not be okay and this iron sharpens iron man sharpens man everybody have a great weekend bye guys